This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. They said it couldn't be done, but we have done it. Yet another Nextlander podcast. Thanks to everybody out there. We are here. Alex Navarro is here. It's true. No one has ever done 73 episodes of a podcast before. We are the first. Mold breaking. Mold breaking. A version of Brad Shoemaker is here. I, I am technically here, yes. Wow. In, in, a, in a physical capacity, yes. I, I can feel my eardrums rumble. It's amazing. <laughs> right. You want to turn the subwoofer down a little bit over there? Just the... Uh, take it down, Brad. You're not. Nice. You, How you low are, can you go? You are Death under the row. weather. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Once uh, again, back is the incredible, uh, <laughs> the prime edible. Yes. Uh, I, boy, this is the first time I've gotten like legit six since before the pandemic. Actually, I think you. Uh, I. Uh, so for folks that don't know, you were traveling, but you got you got sick between the airplane rides. So. Uh, the day I left. Which right. Was yesterday. So before okay. getting on the plane, though, you were not yes, feeling well. Tested, obviously, yes. and all that. But yeah. you didn't get sick from riding the plane, which oh, is. Oh, I, I. No, it definitely happened last weekend, most likely. 
And you uh, have been COVID testing to make before you did you did any of that any of that travel? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yesterday I came back negative. Have not tested yet today. We'll do that later. Uh, Shove anyway. it up your nose, bub. Oh man, bub snicks. Snicks. Up your nose, snick bub. Snicked, but I, boy, sorry. The gears are turning slowly today. Don't worry, you're right at my speed now. Finally, yep. finally, mm-hmm. stuck in the mud, just like me. Mm-hmm. We are here. We are going to talk about God of War Ragnarok. Whoa. Ragnarok. Some of it, anyway. What we can talk about, which is, uh, you know, you know, for early on, uh, a limited selection. Don't know how long this game is, but it's a f- definitely a few hours of uh, God of War Ragnarok. We've got some Callisto Protocol to talk about a little bit later on. Some updates on other games like Scorn, Mario, and Rabbids. Maybe some Grounded. But before we get to that, how is everybody doing? Aside from Brad, we know you're doing fantastic. Mm. 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 Is there anything you would like me to say uh, in the voice? Yeah. Uh, it cannot start within a world. Okay. No. Do you know any Barry White lyrics? Mm, a few. I'm not going to do it, though. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, can you say... Uh, wha, wha. Can you do the Keith David... Uh, uh, I was where I was going. World, okay. world what is it? World uh, motherfucking wide. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know the um, side. World motherfucking wide. That's, mm-hmm. that's okay. okay. Here we go. Okay. Wo- 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 woozle wuzzle. <laughs> the gangster. The killer. The dope dealer. The dope dealer. Yes. The trifecta. Can the, you the Trinity. just recite Trinity. Keith David's whole monologue about how we're all at the starting line and uh, uh, they let us off to the races about capitalism from They Live. Oh, and man. It's like they're chasing us. It's like they put us all at the starting line. And just actually just recite all Keith David's parts from uh, They Live. I'll Can you just uh, recite every line he's ever said in a movie ever? Thank you. He, yes. Um, God, what was it? The, the thing, right? Was his first mm-hmm. big role. <laughs> he didn't sound totally Keith David at that point. He was, I mean, he was younger. Yeah. I feel like it, it, his, his signature, his signature tone really developed more with age. <laughs> See, is he acting much these days? Uh, he still shows know. up and stuff every now and again. Yeah. Okay. He does a voice, regular voice on Rick and Morty. He's the president. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Very Keith David. Yeah. Put Keith David in more video games. As, Make as him mine. figures of authority. He belongs there. Would you uh, would you say Keith David is best now used in comedic Keith, knowing comedic Keith David or serious drama Keith David? I don't know. I think serious drama Keith David is still worthwhile. He has a very brief turn in Nope that I think is effective in like kind of his oh, one I scene. Still haven't bit. seen it. I, I agree. I think. Um, I think Saints Row got all of the mileage out of the haha. It's Keith David. Okay. Kind of thing. Definitely. I think I think I think serious Keith David is the way to go these days. But serious Keith David surrounded by comedy or serious mm. Keith David in a drama? Because like I think Keith, you go either way. In Men at Work, it's kind of serious Keith David, but it's a comedy. And I feel like that kind of works when he's because he's a pretty intimidating dude. He just made me think of Men at Work for the first time in probably good. fifteen to twenty years. I'm glad. It's poop. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good movie. No, I'm well, saying the, the, the thing in the locker. I know. Gets- it's also not a good movie. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the band. Oh, oh yes. Keith David was not in Men at Work. No. Um, as far as we know. know. He's not know from a land down under. Um, is, Keith, is Men at Work not a good movie? I don't remember it being very good, but maybe my remembrance of it is colored by the fact that I haven't seen it in somewhere around 20 years. Is it the only Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen together movie? Oh wait, are are they not in hot 
shots. Estevez has a cameo, I think, in one of the hot shots. Ignore me. I don't. I don't know where I got that from. I don't he was right. killed in some spoof in a Mission Impossible spoof scene. Or was he killed in Mission Impossible? He was literally killed in the first Mission Impossible. <laughs> okay, movie. that wasn't a spoof. That no. was real. <laughs> no, that, okay. they just they just killed Emilio Estevez in that movie. I really thought that was a spoof. It's a pretty good Mission death Fox. too. Uh, he's in the elevator, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, boy. But yeah, you might be right. That might be the only. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there are other appearances, but they are brothers, half brothers, or no, full they're brothers. brothers. Okay. Oh, like actual brothers. So, you know, Martin Sheen's real last name is Mar- is Martin Estevez. Right. And so, like, Emilio kept the name, uh, the original name, and then Charlie decided to go with his oh. dad's stage name. Oh, wow. I thought they were, like, second cousins or something. No, they are straight up brothers. The acting family. And then there's Joe Estevez, the, uh, the, the greatest actor of the entire group. Wait, is Joe, act- Joe Estevez A, a real person, and B, an actor? Uh, both of these things are true. Joe Estevez is Martin Sheen's brother. Uh, okay. and he is a, I'm going to say just under Clint Howard level B movie actor, uh, who is in a ton of extremely questionable stuff. And also by questionable, I mean, just mostly bad B and C movies of, of the eighties and nineties, but also has had this weird resurgence where he has been. Okay. Do either of you guys know what on cinema at the cinema is? I've, I've heard of it. I, is that one full title or is yes. on cinema slash at the cinema? It is a fake movie review show hosted by Tim Heidecker and Greg okay. Turkington of, okay. uh, yeah. And so I, the, I see is that some, the, one with the Joker meme when the Joker, it was the guys yes. in the car. Okay. So yeah, I, some people just refer to this as on cinema, right? I've, yes. I've heard of that for sure. Yeah. So on cinema started out as this joke movie review show and it is spiraled out into this incredibly expansive and, insane metafiction about these fake Tim Heideckers and Greg Turkington and the, the twists and turns of their lives and the horrible things they do over time. And Joe Estevez repeatedly as himself shows up in their stuff. Is Tim Heidecker the closest thing to like uh, a kind of Andy Kaufman we have going on? I ki- Yes, it's not the same thing. Like, Coffin was very much about kayfabe and never really kind of letting you know, like, whether he was doing a persona or if he was, you know, like, being serious. Whereas Heidecker... I can't tell sometimes. Well, with Heidecker, it's like he's... In all the fiction stuff he does, it is a persona, even if he calls himself Tim Heidecker. Because as a person, he's pretty, like, straightforward and normal. Like, he doesn't... He only gets weird when he is doing the character. He's got like an album out now, right? Is he? Was and he I doing think it's music? a pretty sincere one, actually. <laughs> I think I can't tell. Like yeah. I can't quite tell. That's why I ask. But yes, uh, he definitely like walks that line. Okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's very Not- weird. There are like thirteen seasons of On Cinema, plus all the various <laughs> spinoff things. There is a five part tr- murder trial of Tim Heidecker. <laughs> because he got a bunch of people killed at a music festival that he sponsored at one point. It Did is. He- did he actually run for office or something? No, or was that he just made a, a movie about him running for office oh against the district attorney who was prosecuting him for murder. But all fake. All fake. Okay. Man. It's a, like the, the Heidecker universe is, is complex. It is. Um, I just, I just, I just pulled up his Wikipedia page and like, don't recognize the photo they have here of him because <laughs> everything I've ever seen him in, he doesn't just look like dude in a hoodie and a hat. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. 
he has dude he has a really good uh uh bit in one of those i think you should leave sketches i don't know if you've seen it where he's the uh the music snob the jazz music snob when they're playing uh uh uh, what is it like you know 20 questions ish game he's great i love him in just about everything um i i especially loved his turn in us as the you know like sort of the goofy dad of the white couple in that movie and the murder version of him is genuinely one of the creepier things in that movie i i feel like he should be used more yeah in 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 more stuff i I think he's pretty content doing the weird (laughs) stuff he wants to make and it being reasonably like they have a subscription service now for on cinema oh my gosh they're not even on adult swim anymore so they just do it on their own website and streaming services are getting out of hand i know (laughs) but is it a real streaming service or is the whole thing front but it's also kind of a parody of streaming services at the same time i can't i can't anyway Uh, joe estevez great actor joe estevez what happened to where's the other um uh where tim's partner from uh eric uh, wareheim yeah he was directing commercials for a while and then they they did like a reunion tour a couple years ago and that i mean they still occasionally do stuff together i think okay uh hasn't hasn't kind of just vanished into the background no i think they just kind of creatively moved in different directions for the most part interesting interesting well anyway there you go there's, there's your joe your, estevez minute <laughs> there's your, your keith david joe estevez tim mm-hmm. heidecker moment uh Did you know probably not yes boy sorry i had uh-huh. to be quick on that cough button did you know martin sheen is not even a martin what not only is he not a sheen what is he uh i closed the tab actually okay. <laughs> really not really knocking it, it out Martin? of the park is it really uh, knocking it out of the park on the podcast front today is it uh 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 is it sorry es- esther estevez R- ramon antonio gerardo estevez whoa that is several names is a, is a is a is a much more powerful name than martin seriously but you know what doesn't it takes up too much space on a marquee is the problem Fair. i guess um all right, should we get into the, the video games? I suppose. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about some God of War Ragnarok. And let's Ragnarok. emphasize here that we can only talk about some of it because there is a fairly expansive embargo sheet of things we can and cannot discuss. So a lot of this will be early game, and there are specifics from the early game we also can't talk about yet. Yes, this game comes out uh, on November 9th, which is still a couple of weeks away. Uh, obviously, PlayStation game $70 release on that front on the PlayStation 5 at least $70. Do you know is it 70 bucks on PS4? I don't believe so. Let me see okay. if I can confirm that. Um yeah, so there's an embargo. We can talk about some stuff. Uh I've reached the embargo point. I'm past that, so I will say this is a chunk into the game. You know, yeah. I can only judge the length of the game off of the other previous God of War. Um and I don't know if that's fair or not, but that was a fairly lengthy game. It might be good to start with kind of where we all landed on that game, because, I mean, I reviewed the original God of War games, the first two, and (laughs) then I kind of fell off around three. I never really got into any of the other side stuff that they did for, like, Vita or whatever else, and... I thought 2018 was a really interesting idea for for a divergence that was did not have enough of an interesting game to fully support it. I can I, can I okay, yeah. I've thought it. I've thought of a use for the voice. Okay. Okay. How many times to so far that you can talk about has he said boy? There you go. Yes. Boy. boy. This one is I'm going to say 
unfortunately or is it, or is it, for you is it is a young man now no, i'm gonna say he still says boy but unfortunately for you the bigger one this time would be brother is just constantly because it's mamir on your on your butt constantly uh talking mamir uh, is still the best part of any of these games brother um so i liked i liked the god of war reboot i thought it it was um maybe a little too long for its own good i thought some of the story beats just kind of were a little out there but i enjoyed it i but i am um to steal a steal a wrestling term i guess i'm a mark for the kind of what what were people calling them prestige sad sad dad games i think (laughs) Like the Sony Prestige games, the AAA Prestige. Uh, yeah, the style, the 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 house Sony style of yeah. AAA. I like that stuff. I like the I like third person adventure games. Um, this was a fun romp. You know, this is like a big budget summer romp of a game uh, that also has one. to be about sad dad feelings, sad dads. Um, but I thought that I thought they in the first one set themselves apart from the previous aggro dad uh or, or started to get down a path not mm-hmm. a dad in the first ones obviously but aggro kratos aggro so crag sad, sad dad had bad lad yes help me out keep your uh, own. No, sad, no that's all sad of them. dad had bad lad sad, sad dad had bad lad was Isn't, he bad was the lad bad or was he glad dads Previously? and grads yeah mm. <laughs> uh i don't know i got nothing else man is God of War a fad? Ooh. Or is it rad? Discuss. Rad or fad? Is he mm. a dad or is he a zad? Rad or fad <laughs> is, man, you should, should go make that YouTube channel now while you can. Um, That's my new skater. It's what they yell in my mm-hmm. new skater die. Rad, rad or fad? Or fad. Brad, what, how did you feel about that God of War reboot? Uh, I liked it okay. I didn't get through it, like you said. Maybe it seemed it was a little long. I have I have thought about going back and trying to finish it before this comes out. I don't mm. know if that's how necessary is that. I assume most sequels are built to just pick up and play these days. But so there's you know, a straight up recap a, in a recap. The, the opening menu. Yeah. I don't okay. think it gets detailed enough in the recap, honestly. But um, it hits it hits the major notes for the setup for this game. I think, but yeah, the broad strokes. I finished that game, and I, I think I might have even platinum that game. And I feel like I did most of everything. And they still reference some stuff sometimes, where I'm like, oh, did that happen? Oh, it's that person again. It has been uh, four years. I mean, it's steeped in Norse mythology, but also in their version of it. So you kind of have to keep a little bit of track. They do a pretty decent job of when you encounter a character, putting it into the codex to say, yeah. okay, this was this person from this game. This is this what is, the mythology is. This is why they are relevant here. So yeah, that's uh, I think that's kind of the setup. Uh, I think I probably liked it the most out of uh, the two of you kind of um, really enjoyed it. It's my style of game. And I, I think narratively, some of the beats were off, but overall I was, I was kind of uh, into it. So pretty excited for this one in terms of what we were getting into and to not be too reductionist. And it's the same thing we always say and this, that, and the other thing, but my time with this game so far from what we can talk about, if you were not digging what that other God of war was putting out, mm-hmm. then you will probably not dig this. Okay. That, that was kind of my big question coming into this is just how different is it? Not to be it, all for fans of the genre, but yeah. it is extremely for fans of the genre. So from what we can talk about, it is pretty similar. Uh, the combat has a few tweaks and changes. It seems like, uh, 
so Atreus is a little older. He's your son. And he joins you in combat uh, pretty much from the get-go. He's uh, he's a support character, and you basically trigger Atreus' attacks while you're attacking by certain button combinations. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are asking of you to use that more in the game. If you if, Otherwise, the difficulty might feel a little harsh, but I think once you get Atreus in there, stunning. There's a stun meter, and this was in the other game as well, but... If you get him into a stun state, usually and their health is low enough, you can do like the God of War R three click in attack where you rip somebody in half or put an axe or somebody's head. Uh, you that, s- he he had a Atreus had a skill tree in the first game too, right? That yeah. was like pretty pretty fleshed out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we're talking up until the embargo stuff, so what I say might not hold true past that. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. With what we're talking about in the gameplay, we're talking about we're really so- just for early impressions here. Yeah, or in in terms of gameplay too, things uh, can change after the parts we can talk about. So, uh, Atreus has a skill tree here. It's mostly a support skill tree again. It's like, hey, Atreus will jump on a guy, he'll distract a guy, and do all this stuff. And you have the Chaos Blades from the jump. So, in the first game, you started with just the axe, and in this one, you start with the Chaos Blades. Again, it has its own skill don't tree. start, start, but you get it pretty yeah. early on, like it's, a half it's an like, hour in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fairly early on. How, how deep in the first game was that? Because I don't, I didn't get to the, I, I, I you know, obviously through it was pretty late. Osmosis. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, that that's probably the right call. That is definitely some late game fan service, right? Yeah. Like I, I knew they were in there, but I didn't get that far. Yeah. So I would say in this one, it, for me, so far it has been chaos blades for, uh, um, kind of crowd management and acts for more singular targets. Like if there are a lot of little en- enemies, I'm mostly doing chaos blades. If there are fewer bigger meteor enemies i'm mostly doing the act. there's also an elemental part to that as well because the chaos blades they they sort of deal in fire whereas yes. the the axe does ice and you know certain like there are like these frozen zombie enemies that will show up from time to time and you kind of need to hit them with the heat attacks to really knock them down yeah they have like resistances you want to break and that's yeah. where you use the chaos blades so the um there is a, a move on the axe. I don't think this was in the first one that you can charge up frost on the axe yeah. to kind of get a more uh, elemental ability on it. It's um, it's a little more technical, I think, maybe than the first one in terms of what's going on with the attacks, the upgrades, the um, the things you can slot runes you can slot into the weapons. The the they had some of this in the first one. There were definitely. It was a loot. There was loot in the first one. Yeah, it just could. feels like they're going further in that direction. Yeah, they're pushing a little harder into it. You have rune abilities. You have runes you can slot into the weapons. So you have magic abilities. You have I forget exactly what they're calling them all, but you also have like buff abilities you can get where it's like okay, now you have this buff equipped. When you pop it, you get um, you're stronger for like ten seconds. So you can put runes into the axes that are or or the blades that give you like hey you have a chance to proc uh frost or heal on, on a hit you have like you can change the pommel of the axe you can change the uh grips on the chaos blades you <laughs> your shield from the first game is immediately broken uh and so you kind of get that swapped out and he's, the the dwarves are back and they're like ah, I'll, just, I'll just take your broken shield i'll work on fixing i know that's sentimental value but here take one of these other ones mm-hmm. this one is uh really good at parrying if you think you're going to be good at that this one builds up a charge for just blocking people and then you can uh use that ability so they kind of give you the option of like are you going to tank or are you going to try and parry uh and that's kind of out of the gate there and then you get other shields and stuff later but there, I think it's getting a little more technical out of the gate where 
at some point you jump into battle and you have a decent amount of things in your tool belt, but it can almost be a little overwhelming at, at the jump. Uh, and I found some of the combat to be breezy and some to just feel hard. Uh, and, and it feels uh, a lot of dodgy. Uh, like there are, uh, there are attacks you could just block and parry. There are yellow ring attacks. Sorry if I'm getting the color wrong, Alex. I think it's yellow. could be green. Like uh, circles that happen on the attack. And those, um, those are blockable, but you, mm-hmm. they will kind of take a little stamina out of it you. It is a yellow ring, by the way. You're oh, okay. And then there are red ones where you can't block it at all and you have to dodge it. So the combat feels a little more technical. And again, with Atreus there, I think you have to really use everything that's in your belts to make the combat feel manageable on normal difficulty. I'm playing on normal. Uh, there are like five difficulty levels. I'm playing on the normal one. Uh, Story wise, it pretty much picks up, even though it feels some years later, it pretty much picks up exactly where the last one left off. Like there's a gap in time, but it is, it really just kind of thrusts you into the, hey, remember everything happened in the last game? All right, cool. Here we go. I mean, is 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 Atreus like noticeably bigger? Yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like a he's like a teen, uh, okay. or a tween teen. I don't know, a Nordic teen. Uh, so all the events of the other game, and there's gonna, there's going to be some light spoilers because these things do come into play in this game. It's hard to talk about it without it. Are present and ready to go in this game. So yeah. all of the revel revel oh, sorry revelations about Atreus are just front and center and so yeah. and, and very prominent and he is very much interested in plumbing further into yes. that that like you know the the or his origins his, his place role. in the yeah. world uh and also you know the stuff okay ragnarok sounds cool as shit i understand why you put that as the subtitle i'm going to tell you right now they keep using this word and i'm sure it's a very appropriate term and it is part of the mythology <laughs> the phrase fimble, fimble winter, winter which yes. i'm sorry no that is the name of a racist wizard <laughs> that is not the name of something that is like cool and metal and scary so uh at the end uh this is gonna, i'm just going to say this out right at the end of the first one uh balder is dead uh, the son of the Freya. Jeremy Davies character, right? Yeah, cool yeah. character in the. Fr- I think so. I don't know the actors, but the cool character in the first one, Boulder is is dead. It's Freya's son. She's very very mad that this happened. She has they- not let it go. Yeah, uh, and apparently Boulder's death has called caused Thimble Winter to um to happen and kind of uh, I don't say infect, but uh, descend upon the realms. It's so, kind of a perma winter state that is, I think, the Midgard. precursor to Ragnarok. Yeah, so uh, Fimble Winter in Midgard manifests as um, a, a winter with a deep freeze. In uh, you, you do travel to another realm pretty early on, the Dwarven realm, and in there it kind of causes earthquakes and, and gaseous emissions and stuff like that. So apparently it manifests a little dif- differently in different realms. I understand why they would do that because you don't want an entire game through all these realms to just be snow, right? You're trying to have, you know, you're trying to have your different environments right. and you, you can't have that if every place is just frozen. So good narrative choice for them to say, oh, they, they kind of address it early on too. It's like, oh, it looks like Fimble Winter just manifests differently in different realms. Like, okay, fair enough. So now we can have our lava level and our yes. you know, whatever level. Um, so Atreus and uh, uh, Kratos are kind of, and very early on it feels like you're just hiding out from Freya who just wants to take you, just is ready to kill you, just wants to kill mm-hmm. you. Uh, but also in the events of the first game, you have also murdered a lot of other people and Odin uh, is also pretty pissed off at you. So the game kind of sets up with uh, 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 Atreus wanting to figure out how to get Odin out of the picture, right? Like he thinks that with Odin out of the picture, 
Ragnarok can be avoided or, you know, Ragnarok being the kind of war to end all wars. And um, if I'm getting the mythology wrong, I'm sorry, but it's the giants fighting against the Aesir, who are the the gods of the plane. But uh, from the events of the first game, the giants are all gone. So we don't know how that's supposed to happen. But uh, Kratos very much doesn't want this. He doesn't he does not want Atreus to go to war with Odin or the gods and uh Atreus is like a teenager who's just going to go out there and make his well, dad mad. He's a he's a teenager, but also he's a teenager who has an incredibly you know murky history and yeah. sort of like role in all of this that he is very anxious to figure out. Especially considering it seems like his mom maybe had some idea of what was going on there and yeah. did not communicate to Kratos or anyone else what the deal was. Yeah, we're kind of dancing around some some big spoilers intentionally yeah. for the for the game and you know, so but he's got a fate that he has been hinted at and he really wants to figure out what his role and uh, what yeah. this all is and he doesn't know and nobody knows and Kratos doesn't know. And so the person who might have known was his mom, Kratos's wife, who is is gone from the picture and so uh in the course of this uh he uh you know so from where I am now, Odin is the big bad that is trying to be is is going to be harassing this this journey, right? Mm-hmm. To to kind of figure it out. Atreus is um trying to f- find support or find answers and one of the things that he wants to do and set forth and do is find Tyr, who is the god of war in in Norse mythology. Yes. Norse mythology uh who is missing and so that's and who kind Odin of has said is dead. Yeah, is like don't uh, and like and like stop looking, like yeah. just just let it go, man. So um, you know, pretty early on, you get into this fight with Thor, which is, is set up, and I like Thor was teased in the first game. You get a pretty good characterization here. Uh, I think you get uh, you get some characterization on Odin, which I think Alex, you are. You have some thoughts on that characterization? I don't. I don't have any real issue with it. Like, I think the the the. I can't talk about everything that happens around him in the early game, but I can say that the fight with him is a little frustrating. Uh, in the way that I kind of tend to find the combat in these two games a little bit frustrating. With in Thor. That, with Thor, yeah, yeah. Is that I? I think there's some interesting ideas there, and there's some really nice combat animation, but the actual progression of fights does not really feel like it is it escalates much over time it really just kind of feels like okay if you get to a multi-stage boss you just like their attacks really change up but your stuff kind of doesn't Mm. and so it's like you're really just kind of fumbling between either the axe or the you know the the chaos blades depending on what the situation calls for and you're really just kind of r1 and r2ing your way through a lot of stuff and occasionally flinging stuff until and, you get to the next, like, yeah. uh, a health bar trigger. Yeah, and kind of this, running yeah. around in those little combat arenas, trying to pick up health and, like, avoid attacks and stuff. Like, I just find it a little bit tedious, and I had that problem in the original game, and I don't feel like it's really been alleviated here. Um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, but I do like the character, though. Uh, like the, but the uh, character uh, is an interesting portrayal, yeah. and yeah. I think... The thing I got from just sort of like what the taste you get of these characters in in the opening and the direction the story seems to be going in, it feels like the developers are very much trying to frame this as each of these pantheons is basically its own little crime family with its own little fiefdom somewhere in, let's say, Europe, but also the world. And so, you know, the Greek gods were just a really 
pissy fucking you know like murderous dysfunctional, dysfunctional yeah. family and here it's kind of similar but it's just a different power. vibe yeah like yeah with unlimited power like with it's, yeah. it's they're fully corrupted they're decadent they they have no regard for mortals and here it's a little less of the decadence and a little bit more of the you know just stay the fuck out of our business kind of thing <laughs> and the the i without getting too deep into it i will just say the choice to get the west wing's own richard schiff to play odin is a very interesting choice, specifically with the way that he they seem to direct him, because he straight up feels like a justified villain. Like so he the, is, he is in there to monologue and give you this like very, like it really feels like he's confronting the main character of a prestige TV show every, when when he shows up and the way they talk to he talks to Kratos. So with, within the embargo stuff that we can talk about, you yeah. wind up going to the dwarven realm. To go try and you get some hints, you go to try and find Tyr in the Dwarven realm, and you quickly find out that basically the Odin has been shaking down the dwarves and, and kind of has enlisted them. And you know, he's a he's a he's a tyrant, right? Yeah. There, there was a resistance, they tried to um fight against them, and he kind of crushed the resistance. And, and I think that is part of the mythology because like they touch on that also in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, mm. And I assume that they are pulling from a lot of this. I mean, obviously, they're pulling from the same mythology, but I think they are pulling specific story details out of that stuff as well. It's I mean, obviously, it's framed differently, but there is there is some dwarf stuff in that that Valhalla game as well. Yeah. So you, you get some like, you know, the subjugation of the dwarves, uh, you know, w- where really there was no choice. But some of the setup makes it sound like, hey, we're going to make a bit. Is it going to be good for you? It's going to be good for me. Like, we're both going to. We're both going to benefit from this where, you know, they kind of lost a lot of their ability to govern themselves. Uh, And a lot of that early game also within staying in the embargo is a reckoning with Mimir. Like he did some bad stuff and he is, and especially in the Dwarven realm, because he was, um, you know, he worked for Odin and you're. You're off to go. There's a lot of trying to right his wrongs because he mm-hmm. has come around, or you know, has had a, you know, not since the time we found him because now he's just a head. But you know, he was he is um, you know, a lot of his stuff is like oh, I'm so sorry I did this. Um, like it's to the point where um, I'm just looking over the embargo list. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. I can't talk about this. So he he set up like uh, mining operations in the dwarven realm that are polluting the dwarven realm. He's like, could you just shut these down for me? Like it's it basically he's just fracking stri- the dwarven st- yeah, realm. He's fracking the dwarven realm. He's like, just go around and shut these down because I made some mistakes and it's it was real bad. And if you could just destroy it, hang, hang on, you're saying he's an industrial magnate with a conscience. Now I know this is a fantasy. <laughs> so well, I think it took him becoming a severed head for that yeah. to happen. But yes. Yeah. So he has realized. So it's interesting because the first game was, I think felt more about a reckoning with Kratos. And now we're kind of past that. Yeah. And now we're kind of almost reckoning with all these other characters. Like, Oh, Atreus has to figure some shit out. And Mimir has all this guilt running around. Uh, and, you know, you wind up meeting a bunch of other characters that uh, we can't necessarily talk about, but they all have baggage where now Kratos almost seems like the stable one where yeah. Kratos is like, hey, listen, man, I don't want war. You fools do whatever you need to do. I'm keeping my son out of it. And he you needs got to baggage. find a region of Europe that's a little more atheist because every <laughs> time he tries to hide out somewhere where there's gods, it all goes afoul. Yeah. And not to mention that he's not struggling with his son and all of that 
but it almost takes a backseat to everything else that's going on. And he feels like it's it, in a way, it's almost weird that he's the main character that you play <laughs> because so much of the storytelling feels like it is very much around him. And, you know, like he's more if anything, he's more just kind of an impediment to every other character getting somewhere than than, you know, like an actual person invested in what's going on. He's the most resistant early on, for yeah. sure. He really uh, just seems like he just wants to get this Atreus stuff sorted so they can go back into hiding and not have to do this anymore. Yes, it is very much like, okay, you want to go look at the thing? We'll go look at the thing, and then we're going to go home, okay? Yeah. We're going to, we're gonna, you're going to find out, you're going to be disappointed, and then we could go home, and then we could just sleep in our weird fur beds and, and be fine. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that is, I am liking it so far, actually, I do agree with you, Alex. I think the combat is my least is for me the least interesting part. I like the environmental puzzles more. I like the narrative stuff going on more. I don't know about the environmental puzzles either. Like I, again, I, I haven't seen anything that was really that complicated or interesting yet. So I, I'm reserving judgment at this time, but like that was my other problem with the original game is that the level design I felt like just wasn't that inventive. Like a lot of it mm. felt very much like there are two alternate paths, go get your chests and then go, go to where you need to go. You know, like there was great art design in those worlds. Like the, yeah. the visuals were fantastic, but the actual like navigation and sort of like duck, you know, looking for chests and just kind of mucking around until you hit the next combat arena was just never that interesting. And I don't feel like it's, it's really hit much for me here either. I thought, I, I thought the lake in the first game was a little, a little bit of a break from that. Yeah. Like, that, that was that, a good that, exception. That was a bit of a more open area where you could actually explore and get out on the water and stuff. So that's but, the dwarven realm. So you are again on a boat uh, pretty early, pretty early on, uh, just kind of making landfall at different areas. It, it may be not as expansive as that, though. So yeah. um, I will but, say also, just on the on the subject of like the, the looks, uh, there are a bunch of different performance modes in this game. Uh, well, actually, there's two specific performance modes. There's the resolution and the, the frame rate one, obviously. But there's also a high frame rate mode that you can leave on even if you go into resolution mode. I'm going to recommend you don't do that, uh, at least from what I've seen of it. There's a little bit of an interpolation effect that you can kind of see when that's on, hmm. when you have it in in, in uh, a resolution and high frame rate. It doesn't look horrible, but it was something I noticed. And as soon as I turned it off, even at the lower frame rate, it just looked better. Okay. I think I have the high frame rate thing on. Uh, I should try it with it. It has just like a little bit of that judder. Like, you know what I mean? Like where it's like the characters moving, you can kind of see the frames, Mm. like kind of moving behind it. It's not terrible, but it's there. I need to see some kind of breakdown. I'm not sure what they mean by that stuff. Like normally high resolution and high frame rate are usually exclusive in in the way that video games tend to use those terms. So I wonder what is actually going on. I assume there's some kind of interpolation happening there because again, it has 120 frames mode if you have it in performance mode. So, and that, and that high frame rate turned on. I have been playing in performance. Um, no, sorry. I've been playing in fidelity or whatever the the fidelity is what I'm playing in. And, um, I don't mind it so far. It's, it's been, it's been pretty good. Uh, for, it just for, looks more cinematic also in a 30 frames. I know people hate it when I say that, but honestly, like I just I don't think the high frame rate necessarily matters that much. Here. I'm okay with it. I, I, I haven't I, switched back and forth though. I kinda I kinda like a 60 plus FPS gameplay and then lower frame rate for cutscenes kind of setup. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I think that's maybe a good compromise because I kind of agree with you. Uh, to answer your, I think, I don't know if you said this on air, Brad, but uh, I know you had brought it up before. This does seem to be the continuous shot again of uh, never, okay. never breaking. Except when you camera. go in the menus, but yes. Yes. I, I would, yeah, I would, I would have been shocked if they, they got a lot of mileage out of that one the first yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, listen, there are things where the screen will go all white because somebody is transporting through uh, a door or something like that. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, it seems like if you're going to see something, the camera is going to swing away, not cut away uh, and then come back. So that's what it seems like so far. It's still collectible, collect-a-thon stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Get your ravens, get your chests, find your runes, do get your hack silver. Yeah, I just I kind of wish maybe there was even a little less of that. I just think it's not that not that interesting a design for what they're it's, trying to do. It's definitely less novel having gotten all of it last time yeah. and being like, "Oh my gosh, uh, we're on again. the raven hunt again, huh?" Uh and you know, there's a pretty decent upgrade and investment in resources you're going to want to do for the upgrade materials, the materials that you need to upgrade stuff. There's a um, you know decent amount of skill tree stuff, so you're going to want that XP from all those little little uh, uh, guys you're going to kill. I'm uh, I like it. It's and I wanted more of this, but it might be almost too much of the same to where. The first one I spent, I must have spent maybe 10 minutes just throwing the axe and recalling it. You know, <laughs> like I just, it was so it's cool. a great mechanic. There was a, there was a great, uh, there was a great blog post a couple of years ago from one of the main designers of that mechanic. Just talking about all the iterations they went yes, through to I remember make that. it feel amazing. Yeah. So I must have just done, throw it in the lake, run away, just see what happens. I didn't do any of that this time because I mm. had done it already. You know what I mean? So like a lot of that, a lot of that novelty wasn't isn't there in at in the early stuff that we can talk about at least right so in in the stuff that we can talk about it's pretty much a kratos and atreus adventure that could could have been tacked onto the original god of war uh with yeah. some minor tweaks it really sounds like this is going to live and die by a how good the story is and b how much you felt the need for more story and, after and, the first one and it and changes that happen after what we can talk about you know like yeah again, okay there's okay. there's stuff we are omitting here that has potential to come into play. Yes, that we can't we can't we can nece- we can't talk about it. We don't we want to emphasize it. that the whole game is definitely going to be like this. It seems like there might be some other stuff, but we're just not there yet. Yeah, they, they set some things up even early on that we can't mention specifically that could have implications for different gameplay and and uh, stuff like that. So it's a it's a bummer we can't talk about it because it it kind of leads us to saying. That stuff is there. It has potential, mm-hmm. but that's but, all we can say. <laughs> uh, but if you, uh, you know, listen, if you really enjoyed that other God of War like I did, know that this is very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, was my cup had my cup drained or my bucket drained to fully be refilled? I don't think it had. So you know what I mean. So like, maybe it was about halfway. So I think that's what I feel like. You know, does that metaphor make sense? You think it might like, be just uh, enough for one more game and then you're probably good after this. <laughs> Hang on. You're like a tankered half empty kind of guy. Is that what, 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 what I'm saying was if I had, if I fully enjoyed the God of war to the brim, mm-hmm. by the time this game came out, maybe my, my thirst for God of war had, had only uh, gone down halfway. And so as you're filling up the thing, it might start overflowing a little bit and not the good way of like, Oh, is this too much God of war? Got it. Okay. I think um, I followed your path of the metaphor yeah, there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, so the, I think this is the most concise way to say it. I, I played through that original God of war and had a hard time putting it down a lot of times, except when I was doing collect the stuff and 
this one I was able to put down quite frequently. Yes. And was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put this down. I'll pick it up again later. I have um, had two relatively lengthy sessions with it, and I'm not exactly jonesing to get back to it, but I'm interested enough to get back to it for at least a, yeah. a while longer. You, and guys are, are, you, you may be unselling me on the idea of going back and playing more of the first one. You don't need like, to. Sounds like going straight from that one into more of that might be a tough sell. If I had tried to go back and finish the old game before this one, I think I would feel a lot more burned out right now than I do. So we, we can't talk too much about the stuff that's after, but um, to end on kind of a positive note for me, I am more invested now post that stuff than I was before. Okay. So we can't go into detail. But maybe in a week or two, we'll be able to tell you yeah, exactly, exactly what we're talking about um, to end on kind of a, a slightly more positive note, because I am enjoying the game. It's unfortunate we can't talk about some of that stuff, but I am more invested and I, I actually want to go pick it up. Right. And, and, and keep going now. Um, that's God of War. That's coming out November 9th. Yes. Um, and uh, PlayStation 4 version. huh? Yes. I was trying to find it has to be $60. I, it's the PlayStation store does not make it super easy to tell, but I don't think they could get away with charging 70 for a PS4 game. No, uh, they, but they did say they're getting rid of the upgrade path stuff, right? Yes. Wasn't horizon. Uh, the last horizon one? horizon was the last, uh, free upgrade, I believe. Um, so it'll probably be like 10 bucks to, to, to get it. I don't know. I haven't looked any of that stuff up or I haven't even researched. All I know it. is when I got the PS five version, it also gave me the PS four version. Yeah, so, right. Right. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think those codes they sent over were were Dual. provision for that though. Um, check it out if you're. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a check ton of out. coverage. Check it out. Uh, I think it looks nice. Yeah. Though in my memory, it looked kind of like God of War on PS4. So uh, it's but cleaner. I'm sure, if I, I'm sure if I brought it up, it would not. It's cleaner. The there's some really nice animation in there. I will say they 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 continue to do very good work on that front. The goofiest thing, all right, I have to say this, because the goofiest yeah. thing, and Alex, maybe you could back me up on mm-hmm. this, they have the rage, Spartan Rage mode again, uh-huh. where you build up the meter. When you pop it, and it must have been in the first remake of the God of War, but he, the, he just goes, <laughs> and he just oh, he turns into the Hulk, basically. He yeah. makes these punchy sounds that are like comical in a game that's not really going for comedy, uh, and it's almost makes me not want to use that move because it is just like it's real dopey <laughs> looking it always it's has really, been it's really dopey um so anyway there's yeah. there's that uh god of war ragnarok ready to is it are we finally out of the viking thing after this like, maybe this I, is it i don't just mean think, with god of war they, i mean in general yeah I think, I think they said that right didn't they say this was the last norse no he you're, you're I saying mean, like just culturally have we yeah, 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 moved on after this yeah yeah. yeah 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 i just i just mean for this franchise i think that's confirmed yeah i i'll be very curious i have a strong motivation to see how this one wraps up uh in the end i don't know i have no idea i know some spoiler stuff has been getting out there uh so heads up if you are looking up uh god of war ragnarok stuff but i have no idea how it ends up what the state of the world will be are they going to just throw kratos over is he going to teleport to egypt suddenly and then uh you know we'll have a new path pantheon yeah, and of Bayek gods. will be there it's literally uh-huh. just they're just going to trade settings those two uh-huh. franchises <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Kratos in uh, Revolutionary America is going to be the really interesting one. Kratos versus Elder Gods. I want to like, just go, or like space cosmic horror. To go uh, into, I want Kratos to be fighting. You know what, fuck it. Just have Kratos hang out with Jesus Christ. I don't care. There you go. Just, just, just go all the way with it. 
oh, but then would he, what if, would he become the new Jesus? Like, is that, I feel like that's how those games go where you're just like, oh man, now you're the savior. I never wanted this boy, boy, Jesus. All right. Great Kratos versus Satan is something that I need to see now. More like Gratos. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's it. <laughs> End this now. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Callisto Protocol. Uh, stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back. And Brad Shoemaker, mm-hmm. now in your most, uh, let's say, spooky, your fear. You get to Give talk me some about, lurch. Uh, can you say Callisto Protocol in a, in a menacing way? Um, man. Callisto Protocol. Oh, my How's gosh. That? You scared wow, the scared. crap out of me. <laughs> I need to go change my shorts. Oh, this man. Is, there are kids listening to this. Well, the kids uh, should not be listening to this. Sorry. Tell me about, uh, you saw Callisto Protocol a little while ago. God, yeah. It's been like a, <laughs> about a month now that I played that game, which, mm-hmm. how's that, how did that happen? Um, Callisto Protocol, if you don't know, is the new game from Glenn Schofield and some number of the Dead Space developers. I don't know. That stuff's always weird to me of like, oh, it's the Dead Space team is making a new one of those. But it's like, what does that mean? How many how many actual veterans of Dead Space or, you know, there might be 10 of them or something, you know? Right. It's very true what you're saying. Like, but if I may pause you for a second. What would you what would you shorthand describe this game? as? Oh, dude, I mean, yes, no, a thousand percent. Uh, I mean, I mean, Glenn Schofield definitely somewhat famously started up Visceral at EA mm. and made Dead Space as their first game. Uh, and then he left and supposedly Sledgehammer, where he went, that worked on Call of Duty for a long time, had Dead Space developers there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there mm-hmm. are some veterans of that game, but is it the entire team that right. worked on that game? Yes. Who can say? But yes. that is definitely the narrative here. That said, uh, this is the one they're making for Crafton in the PUBG universe. This is technically a PUBG game. 
Though, did they actually... I thought they might have backed away from that somewhere I think, mid-development. I think it's still technically true. They're just okay. not really, like, leaning into it. I mean, Got I, mean it. I, don't, I don't know that... I don't know what you can say about the fortunes of PUBG these days itself. Sure. But, it's still um, going. That's for sure. Uh, okay. Yes. From Give a broad perspective, uh-huh. you know exactly what this is. I do. You are a shaved head dude in a prison jumpsuit in uh, a space prison where everybody but you has become some kind of ghastly mutant monster. Okay. Uh, you've got a little gadget stapled to the back of your neck with your health bar on it. Okay. A rig, and, let's say some and, kind and of rig. Can, yes. And you can stomp the shit out of enemies on the ground. Like, can I dismember them? Ye kind of. So it is, it's not, they're not full on necromorph ripoffs with like spindly limbs that you shoot off necessarily. They're a little more traditional monster or okay. traditional like zombie-ish kind of monster with like, sure. it's not, they didn't go that hard in the dead space direction, but like the look and feel of it is extremely that. It, are you in a, I so saw the setting. Are you on a spaceship or are you on a prison planet or something? They, uh, they threw us into what they described as the third level of the game with like no preamble. Okay. So it was very much a gameplay demo, not so much story. They have put out some story trailers and stuff since then. If you want to go look at it, um, I think, God, I should, I should, I should have looked this up before. Isn't Callisto one of the moons of Jupiter? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So I'm going to infer that I think you're in a prison on the moon of Callisto. Okay. Okay. There is a point. So like 80% of this demo was extremely, I don't want to use the word generic, but it was very familiar, like aliens style, tight corridor, industrial, like grimy industrial space installation type stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, my demo unfortunately bugged out and I couldn't open a door that should have opened. So, so you, I couldn't, did you play I it? Didn't, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I played okay. a bunch of it, but I didn't get to see the end of the demo, but I watched huh. over some people's shoulders. And so it does toward the end of that demo, you emerge into this kind of big arboretum, like domed arboretum. That's okay. glass ceiling. So you can like see Jupiter right there in your face. Like it was kind of a nice effect. So it is, it is an entirely generic industrial type stuff. What kind of uh, weapons were you toting around? I only had a pistol. I don't think I got another weapon before I hit the the, the progression blocker. Um, it is a they they said straight up like it's a very limited ammo type of game. Okay. So you have a baton, and so it's pretty standard third person shooting. The the big difference from Dead Space is that there's a little bit more of a melee focus, and you can kind of in a timing based way, dodge enemies attacks as they're coming at you. Like if you sort of faint, you can like faint left and right and kind okay. of, it's not exactly a counter. It's more of like a, a, a dodge that you lock into and in like a canned animation kind of way. Do they, um, do they stagger or like overshoot the attack? So if you get a three hit combo off with the baton, they will kind of stagger and they'll actually sort of, they'll stagger back from you after that third hit. And there will also be a little crosshair will appear somewhere on their body for a split second. Okay. And if you can pop off a shot at that and hit that crosshair while they're kind of staggering backwards from the melee, then you get like extra bonus damage. Do you have to manually so, line up the shot? Yeah. The it felt like it kind of locked to okay. it a little bit. But that's, like, good. that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, you were playing with a controller. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these were on PS five dev systems, but um, yeah, like they, it, it, it I was hoarding ammo and I never ran out, but they did say like, Hey, this is not a shooter. Like this is, you know, don't expect to just guns blaze through everything here. Like you really need to conserve ammo. The, the other big difference is you've got a gravity gun. Oh yeah. Which I don't think they ever did in any of the dead space games. 
what was the effect um, of the gravity gun like to pull in or push away it, yeah it's it both it's full on it's just full on grab objects or enemies from the environment and like float them in front of you and then fire them back at something interesting Boy, did you have that dead space ever it sounds so familiar but maybe it's been in so many other games i, I yeah, could just it's, be it's a, conflating yes. it yeah so it, that is exactly what you think it is uh okay. it's it's got a battery on it so you can't just spam it constantly because it's pretty powerful you can i don't think i found an enemy that i couldn't pick up with it like when they're coming at you if you oh, while they're alive if, if yeah if you got juice you can <laughs> well, just I've grab the juice. enemy that's coming at you yes and then throw it at another enemy and like knock them both down briefly oh, that's that fun. kind of thing okay yeah. um it seems cool it seems cool but it definitely is very familiar if you have played the dead space was it uh did you seem fragile um i definitely died a few times like okay the first the first time i had to deal with more than like two enemies at a time or even then even when it was just two enemies i was like definitely ate it a couple of times like it's not it's not easy it's <laughs> okay it seems like they made they intentionally made it pretty difficult do you think it um, distinguishes itself enough from Dead Space to be in its own, own place? Yeah, that's hard to say. Like, right. like I said, I was, I was maybe a little shocked at how familiar it was in that respect. Mm. But it, it, it seems well made. Um, I'm trying to think of any other distinguishing characteristics here. To character uh, talk, like mumble to themselves. Yeah, he, he kind of, he kind of. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a, a totally silent Isaac Clark. Although okay. neither was Isaac after a couple of games. <laughs> right, they did kind of shift that up. Um, I, I don't know what the story exactly is going to be here. It seems like you're maybe the last prisoner of this prison. There's a lot of like you're, you're finding like kind of prison guard riot cop equipment to use as weapons and stuff like that. And like a lot of the zombie monster type guys are are clearly like prison guards. Gotcha. Um, the only other mechanic I can think of, I didn't really see any of this. Maybe this would have happened at the end of the demo that I couldn't get to. But like the, the monsters can mutate into worse forms in the middle mm-hmm. of a fight. Okay. And so there's some there's some urgency of like, oh, there's two enemies coming at me and this guy's about to hit me, but this other guy has got tentacles starting to come out of his mouth. Like I should I guess there's like a weak point mechanic there where you can stop that transformation from happening if you're fast enough and, and, and precise enough. Um so yeah, like I'm trying to think what else to say. <laughs> like their in world hologram uh, effect is pretty neat for like, oh, you know, activate an audio log and you can see the hologram after image of the dude walking around doing stuff that was recorded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's got a cool like pixelated like or, or, or voxel voxelated effect. So is it minimal like the, UI again? Yeah. The, the, the UI, the HUD, I mean the um, inventory and all that stuff like kind of projects. In it front does. Of you. Okay. Yeah. It is, okay. it is very much. They seem to emphasize that in a lot of like the early stuff they were showing for okay. it. Like, like I said, the, the diegetic health bar yeah. in the back of the neck, like it's all there. Like, Can I don't, you ping I don't know if, the environment to um, get your waypoint? I didn't see that. I'm not okay. sure. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they called Dino or not to <laughs> run all this by him. Yeah. Before they He's went to market. He's not there, right? No, no, okay. no. Um, it seems cool. It, 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 I'm excited to play it. It is pretty familiar in that genre, but and that Dead Space remake also looks cool. But it is a remake of an existing game, so this is it's nice to also have this, which is a new game. So this is this is early December, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty close. And then Dead Space remake is late February. So I think I think that's if if they're still sticking to that date. The only date I see in front of me is February twenty seventh. Yeah. I think that's right. Or sorry, I don't no, think Jan- they January have backed 27th. away from that one yet, but yeah. Not February, January. Um yeah, I don't know. Those dates seem to be fluid, so I'm not going to pin it on it. But this uh but Callisto protocol is as of right now locked in for December 2nd. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. 60 bucks. Yes. Probably 70 for next gen. I don't know. I don't know if they've announced that or not. I think it's safe to assume generally. Uh, hey, hey, would you believe me if I said there are uh, weapon upgrade stations scattered around what? this prison? Well, it's finally and, something different. And that you collect credits after you kill enemies and you can upgrade. It's a 3D printer, though. You can 3D print additions to your pistol huh. and stuff. That's what they warned us about. Like, yeah, like I said, it's, 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 I, I didn't see anything that was like profoundly new or innovative as far as this genre is concerned, but it seems pretty well put together. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing the whole thing. Me too. I, I I think I think I'm ready to go back in. I, I'm looking forward to more of this than I am Dead Space. Uh, even though I really like Dead Space, it's just you know a prettied up Dead Space versus what's I'll, I'm interested in seeing a fresh take on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it seems like they are doing a decent amount to that remake from what I've seen. Oh yeah, but, like expanding mechanics and stuff like that. But you know, fundamentally, it is it is a remake of that game. Nothing good ever happened out by Jupiter, man. It's, no, it's uh, true. It's a bad landing. Nope. Attempt, bad attempt no landings. Isn't that that's where in Dead Space they went out mining, right? Isn't that out by Jupiter? Isn't that where oh, the where was that thing actually? That's the, a good is question. Ishimura? Is yeah, it yeah, Jupiter or Saturn, I think. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. Those uh those bigger planet planets. Cracker. Oh right, it was like the planet cracker. It's bad news over there. God man, Dead Space was so cool. Dead Space is pretty cool. It was such a fucking like i was just like where did this come from like i had zero expectations for this game and it's like wow game of the year contender was that part of the um like mirror's edge and that was definitely the early um like John we're Ricatello. trying new stuff like okay. we're gonna make new games here at ea we're gonna like yeah. invest in new ips and stuff and then boy that didn't last very long no no i mean some of those things were good yes yes totally. some of them Dead. weren't yes uh, that is Callisto's Protocol coming out on everything it looks like except for Switch. Um, it's so December, right? December, yeah, December second. So far, so far, December second. Um, Brad, what can you tell me about Pinball with the Pinball Wizard? The Pinball Wizard. Yes, it's a, a classic song everyone remembers from. Uh-huh. Uh, slightly uh, problematic lyrics. Um, <laughs> I I played a little bit of the Pinball Wizard on the Nintendo Switch as I was traveling. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's an Apple Arcade game that came out a couple years ago, or maybe three years ago now, actually. So it's 2019, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it has definitely been around, and a number of people have probably seen it uh, on iOS already. Uh, it's a pinball roguelike. Okay. Where you're climbing this cylindrical tower, so each level is this kind of cylindrical, like a circular area. Mm-hmm. And they're straight up, like the doors of the room are the flippers. Okay. Uh, but the ball is a dude. It's The, the ball is the wizard. It's not a ball. It's a guy. Okay. So like when you slap, when you smack him with the flippers, he goes running around, but like kind of as if he were a ball. Okay. So it is an actual guy. It is not an, it is not a sentient ball. It is literally a guy. Yeah, it is a, a, a <clears throat> dude in a hat okay. on foot, but he, he moves basically like a ball would like the, the, it's weird. The locomotion is not exactly like a rolling ball, but kind of but close it's enough. A, it's hard. It's a hard distinction to make, but basically, basically it works like a pinball game. Like, you know, if you if you hit it right just at the edge of the flipper, like he'll go, he'll he'll catch the rim of the room and just go all the way around, you know, and there's like bumper type objects that are like barrels and stuff like that and enemies uh, and you unlock uh, abilities as it's a, it's a rogue light like you, you pick up currency and experience on each run and un- unlock new abilities. It's, it's cool. It's a trifle. It's eight bucks on the switch, uh, but it looks really sharp and runs nice and smooth in the handheld. Um, it seems cool. There's not a ton there that I've seen so far. What? 
this there was another pinball game recently right that yoku's was, island express is that the one that was like the weird pinball platformer that's, that's the that's the like pin pinball metroidvania thought there was yes. a platformer. i had forgotten about that one that okay. is, you're totally right but there was another one i thought that was on the pc that kind of had a more retro look to it um and i cannot remember what it was called hmm. and i'm trying to think if this is it but okay, if it I wasn't it was yoku's a- then i do not know what you're talking about okay did this come out on pc it might have is it was it okay no it's not it's not odama uh i don't know i'll have to look it up this this is also coming out on steam at the same time which is today okay but this was a while ago okay that that i'm thinking of i'll have to look it up um i'm on a wikipedia page with a bunch of pinball games and none of them none of them look familiar to me so I'll have to check it out another time. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's neat. It's um, it's got some some cool twists on on different stuff. Like there's a there's like a bat that flies around dropping bombs, and to hit the bat, you have to like hit the bombs at the right time to pop them back up into the okay. air before they blow you up. Um, and like to end every level, you have to find a key, which might just be in a random enemy, or it might be in like an obstacle or something. But then once you get the key, it starts a timer counting down, and at the end of that timer, it just forces you to leave. So you basically have that time to try to pick up any items in the level that you've missed. Um, yeah, it's neat. It's, it's like I said, it's pretty slight, but, uh, if you're, if you're into both pinball and roguelikes, (laughs) may I recommend the pinball wizard? I think I might be more into pinball than I am roguelikes these days, just because I haven't played as much pinball in recent years. I'm into pinball likes. Um, I'm into pinball like light likes, light likes, Like, like likes. Uh, all right. That is the pinball wizard. As Brad said, $8 available on switch and PC now yes. or steam at least. Yes. Uh, also iOS. If you're into that, Alex, you uh, and I recently played some scorn, Brad, you had played some scorn previously to Alex and I previously playing some scorn. Oh yeah. How did that? I haven't had a chance to play since last week's podcast. How did, how did the Friday stream? Go? I think it went very well. Yes. Alex and I and Abby Russell, scorned it up we got goopy we inserted our hands into all sorts of things we put our Mm. fingers up every hole we could find and um i think we made decent progress we got up to what felt like the first bits of combat in the game yeah i'd say that like the teasing of the combat before it really kind of goes in that direction uh i enjoyed the atmosphere i understand exactly what you were talking about in terms of the uh what am I looking for? The obtuseness of the puzzles, you know, the kind of what there's like 12 different items you have presented me. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, uh, but <clears throat> once we found the first domino, I felt like the puzzles then collapsed fairly quickly. It was just yeah. finding the first trigger to set everything off in succession. Like the areas aren't huge, but they're big enough that there's enough like discrete corridors and random rooms yeah. that you can find yourself getting lost pretty easily. But once, like you said, once you kind of find that first trigger object or thing that kind of sets stuff in motion, yeah, it becomes pretty easy to drill down on. The getting lost thing never really seems to go away, but that's just kind of the nature of the game. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I think the initial level was from the stuff we played, the one where you get the little 
kid in a shopping cart was maybe the my favorite bit so far uh and then there was the part where we had to put the key together okay. calling a kid in a shopping cart what we ended up doing there that is both underselling it and also really kind of underselling the grimness of that whole thing <laughs> yeah i don't really understand what happened listen at the end of the day we there's scooped. a guy in half a, a fucking almond shell and uh-huh. he came down and you couldn't get him out and uh when you got him out let's just say not all of him held together I wasn't sure we needed an arm. Something happened. We scooped. And then you put a key together, and we had to put this whole key together. And then something, some symbiotic relationship happened with this big monster who had to keep its hands in our guts. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot happening. And also, it's all fairly inscrutable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I enjoyed the time we spent with it. It no, was it's, fun. It's neat. And I think yeah. that, you know, my issues with some of the puzzle designs aside, I kind of like that it is more of that kind of game. Mm. What I've heard about the combat stuff and what little I've seen from other people playing does not seem great. Uh, okay. That is kind of the back quarter to third of that game, I think. And it is only, I think, like a five or six hour experience. So is, is it is it from what you've seen? Is it pretty much just first person shooting, like just real standard stuff? You have like four different weapons I think you can use and you kind of have to use specific ones on specific enemies. It seemed like I was and running past a lot of the enemies in my time. There's a lot more of those guys who barf on you that we kind of okay. saw. It seems like so barfy guys. Yeah, it was it was fun to play on a stream. Yes, it was fun to experience with the puzzle mistress herself. Abby, it was definitely That's right. good. Yeah, she's good. She's good at those puzzles. Uh, you can check the archive of that up now. That's Scorn, available on the PC and Xbox, also on Game Pass. If that is your deal, it's forty bucks. Uh, Alex, you played some more Mario and uh, sorry, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Yeah, the two things I kind of played over this last week, besides God of War, were a lot more Mario and Rabbids, which uh, I can't say that game has really shifted in any meaningful way. But you know, you get in new environments, there's new stuff kind of happening around there. But it is a lot of the same. Like, here's a new combat puzzle, here's some new enemies type stuff. Do you know what world you're on at this point? I just Number wrapped ones? up the second one. I'm about to head okay. to the third one. Um, and. You know, I mean, it's like it. the challenge ramps up, I think, in a pretty smart way. It doesn't like early on. It felt like I was really not having to do much thinking to get through (laughs) enemies. And by about halfway through the second world, I felt like, okay, this is at least forcing me to think for a second before I make a move. That's that's good to hear. I've played a little bit more, too. And I thought about bumping the difficulty up because it really did feel like. Especially the random encounters, not the boss ones. So oh, much, the random encounters like, are still very easy at this point. Like but, just a cakewalk. Yeah. yeah. But the, the more discreet levels, the ones that are more like, you know, here's your main main encounter type stuff. The goo levels. Yeah. I feel like those have a little more going on and require a little bit more forethought. What's your team? What's your go to crack team? So my main one that I've been going with is a combo of uh, Rabid Luigi, regular Luigi and Peach. Okay. All right. Um, Healing, a sniping, and uh, some some busting them up. Yeah, and like the neat thing about Rabid Luigi is that like his I put like the slime ability on him, so like he that exudes like a big wave of slime that hits like any enemy within range and does pretty good damage. And you couple that with his multi hit frisbee, you can kind of clear some dudes out pretty quick. Okay. And Peach is interesting because like she's really good at healing and protecting. But also her main ability is very much a shotgun close-up blast. Mm. So you get like a good combo there of here's a couple of up-close and sneaky enemies. And then there's Luigi who does more damage the further away he is from stuff. Well, she has that. You're using Rabid Peach, you said, right? No, Peach. Oh, regular Peach. Sorry. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, interesting combo. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Luigi's just sniping. Luigi's just sniping, and he's real good at sniping. What's your uh, What's your spark you have on Luigi? Uh, I have the fire one on him. Okay. Uh, I have the slime one on Rabbit Luigi, and I I think I have that like energize, give everyone a boost okay. of effectiveness one on Peach. Okay. Fun. I like yeah. the I like the everybody's gonna have their different perfect play styles. I feel like Yeah, that's sometimes I'll throw is. Edge in there. Occasionally I'll throw Rabbit Mario in there. Um, but it just kind of depends on who has the least amount of health before I swap anyone else in. Have you gotten over the rabbits talking? No. Okay. And I never will. I never will. Ruin my life. <laughs> uh that is uh Mario and Rabbids out now. And the other Switch. one was uh Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, which we played on some stream. You and I teamed up for a little bit. I've also done some in my offline time, and I'm going to tell you right now that game is not doing a whole lot for me. So you went back in, yeah. Anything different? No. Okay. No, it's it's so okay. We didn't really talk about Gotham Knights last week because I think we were kind of prevented from doing yeah, so. Yeah, the embargo yeah, was up. Yeah. yeah, we did end up streaming it the day the day after, but um, my early impressions of that game have not really changed. I think there's an interesting idea here of this. I wish it was more than two, but you pick, you know, from potentially one of four uh, various Knights of Gotham that are not Batman because Batman's dead. Let me just emphasize this again. Batman is extremely dead and he's definitely not coming back. Them constantly referencing Lazarus pits is definitely not going to lead to Batman coming back. There's no way. Um, and the the different abilities for the different characters, I think, are pretty well like like there's a good range of dynamism between the four different characters that like makes playing each one feel a little bit different. You do. OK, I, I do think that, that aspect is there. OK. The world design and the mission design, I think, is where it starts to fall apart for me. Hmm. Um, I don't think the encounters are that interesting. I think that the way they have sort of jammed in a lot of, like, the Batman villain lore stuff and Batman, like, the first introduction you have to the Penguin is actually extremely flat, and I was kind of bummed by that, because the Penguin is one of the most fun characters in all of Batman, and when you show up at his place... His club... Like, he's just hanging out in the club, and he's just like, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. And, like, he's... He's, he's, he's like, sitting there doing desk work. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's... They're saying he's gone straight, which I don't know if that actually sticks, you know, or not. But, like, it seems like he's just going to be, like, a weird quest giver at some point. And I don't know about that. Like, the Mr. Freeze stuff was a lot more interesting. Um, but, yeah, like, the world just has this very lifeless feel. And not that, like, you know like Arkham City was like the most lively city but that still felt like a much more engaged like engaging open world city than what Gotham Knights version of Gotham does and I just don't think any of the missions I've played so far have justified me wanting to spend more time playing it like it just all feels very samey and checklisty so the thing they do in the game is they set up like you go out I mean Gotham Knights but I'm mm-hmm. going to do it anyway you go out Gotham it, Knights <laughs> You go out on a night. You go out on a patrol. Yeah, it's like Baywatch and, Nights. You go out at night. So the Gotham Knights go out at night, and you go out on a patrol. You choose a character. You commit to a character for that night, and then you commit to a night for that night, and then you have like a main story quest usually, and then like a billion side things you could do. So are you saying, are you are you kind of focusing in on just the main story thing and not doing all of the... I'm definitely not doing right? all of the side stuff. I'm okay. I'm kind of hitting it when I see it and it's nearby and there's something, you know, like it's like, okay, it's not going to take me out of my way to go engage with this. But 
I'm saying even the main stuff is not that interesting. Oh, okay. Like, some of it's longer, certainly, but it is not really that much fun, and I don't think the combat feels that great. That's... Yeah, so that's what I was going to get to with the different characters playing differently. I, I, I felt when I was jumping around that they generally had the same abilities but just different animations and you know slightly different move sets like one person might be a little bit better with the range stuff maybe jason is be- or sorry uh, was it red, red hood red hood his, his name is jason i think so you're not yeah. wrong there uh is is a but even his pistols feel weak you know yeah like i mean they're they're supposed to be rubber bullets but nonetheless <laughs> <That's death. laughs> i love all of the <clears throat> the concessions sorry excuse me oh, yeah we talked about it in the stream the Gun kata, just ridiculous <laughs> yeah. edge lord, over the top gunplay that dude does. Except he's shooting rubber bullets. Uh, I mean, I went between you know current Robin, which is the mm. the Tim Drake character who is pretty small comparatively to with the to bow, Red, and Red Hood was the other one. And there is, I feel like there is some feel difference between okay. those two. Like Red Hood definitely feels a little more lumbering. Robin feels faster, but maybe not as effective at hitting damage. At least in in the early goings, I'm sure you can probably beef him up with the thousands of pieces of gear and whatever else that you fucking get in this game. Because God, this UI and this like these menus and these these loot systems, like it's just not. Uh, I I mean I understand why they made the game this way. I just don't like that they did it. It's intense. Even uh, even even deciding what colorway you're going to use. I guess that's the thing in shoes colorway. That's like that is the yeah, terminology yeah, that's, they that's use. The term, that's the term for like sneakerhead type okay. folks and and like shoes in different different. So it's color, a color schemes. So colorway. it's a scheme. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, it's like a multicolor wanna, scheme. Yes. Yes. Instead of using color scheme, which is which everyone knows. Every, <laughs> this know, one's okay. for the sneakerheads only. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I think. My my gripe with it, aside from some performance stuff and the UI stuff that you said, getting around the city did not feel fun. No, like like getting even getting on the bike and driving to a waypoint. Like as soon as something was over a thousand whatever units they're using, I was like, oh man, this is this is going to take a while. And that glider tease was mean because like yeah. that's the fast travel is that the fucking Lucius Fox builds you a glider and you don't even get to use it. It's just a canned animation to fast travel you. That is a bummer. I mean, they literally had actual flying in Arkham City a decade ago. I know it's a bummer. And I understand this isn't, the, this isn't part of that lineage. This is kind of its own little pocket Batman universe that they're doing here and they're not just trying to be those Rocksteady games. But I just don't think what they have here feels in any way really superior to that other than the fact that it has co-op. Yeah, and I think there's definitely enough shared DNA there that, uh, you know, bringing those expectations to this is totally valid. Yeah. I mean, they give a universal, they have a universal bat cycle for everyone that's not unique to each character. And then they have, uh, everyone's got the grappling hook. So the traversal stuff is pretty um, flattened throughout the four characters. Yeah, pretty samey. I... Yeah, I think the thing that would have got me hooked a little bit more was more of the detective and story stuff. And I did like those investigation scenes. And when they come up, they're different and fun. They're very They're easy. not that involved, they're, but yeah, at least it's something involved. different. Yeah. Yeah. And I like them. I like the text they put together that makes it sound like the character is trying to piece something together in their head of maybe the code was part of the calendar or like maybe this. And then you're like, no, 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 it's definitely this. Yeah. So I, I did like that stuff, but yeah, there was, it feels like a lot of fluff in it. And I don't like that. It feels like a lot it's of not good fluff. It's not like tasty fluff. No, it's the bad fluff. So Gotham Knights, you think you'll go in for more? 
I don't know, man. Like, okay. I, there's other things I think I'd rather be playing at this point. Like, I might check back in on it at some point, but like right now, it just feels like there's not enough momentum there. All the um, all the character. Maybe I know. I know this is the case in Mario and Rabbids. I don't know if I'm mixing them up. Don't all the characters level with each other? No I believe they playing. do. Okay, I've I've seen a couple of people on my Twitter feed saying like, "Oh, I'm going to main so and so." And uh, but doesn't actually seem that, like there's any reason to do that. That's not actually necessary, right? Because you're not losing progression based on who you're playing. I think the ability points do. I don't know about the oh gear. Maybe not gear. The gear is a different thing. Yeah, I think the yeah. resources for the gear might be shared. So if you craft something, you might be using that resource. Right. Um, and there is like there is a lot of crafting for the gear. Uh, Gotham Knights that's available now. Uh, again, that is on. Only on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and the PC. Uh, is that current gen? Can we say current gen at this point? I think we can yeah. definitely say current gen. I, I've, I've come to like new consoles, because okay. they are technically still kind of new. They're not next gen, necessarily. But. <laughs> uh, new consoles and PC. I will, uh, let's end the game thing by saying I've played a bunch more Grounded. I feel like I am nearing a story conclusion in Grounded. Whether that will coincide with my play end of Grounded, I am not sure yet. So I'll kind of have to see. They are, they are, there are patches that come out for that thing that rebalance pretty significantly. And um, I kind of appreciate it because it feels like every week when I log in, something, something has changed. Um, and that's interesting. But the building in it, Single player building in it is pretty rough. Multiplayer building a lot better. So if my kids keep playing and want to keep helping me gather leaves and mushrooms and resources, I think I might keep going with it. If I have to do all that stuff on my own, not um, so much. Just did, give them chores. Just go make some slurry. I need mushroom slurry. You want to? You want to earn your allowance? <laughs> I, I I'm relocating or I'm starting a new base by the pond. The pond base, uh, and that's exciting news. And uh, I don't. Know, there's something about the setting and the progression in that game which i really like that it's not not too i'm also again i'm playing on mild on that save and that's a good speed for i'm enjoying it i'm not getting frustrated enough with it can you relocate structures i know you can move like a crafting table and stuff but like if you build a giant house is that no that's it's kind of stuck um there are some things that i wish okay i'll say this for the grounded heads out there because maybe they will maybe they can help me out but um the grounded a, heads. The grounded heads. Uh, Call them the groundlings. Something. The, Give them okay. the actual name. Okay. The groundlings. Uh, I'm doing. I'm you know. I'm establishing my zipline network around the world, around the backyard, as one does. But I really wish they would tell you the elevation of the zipline you're trying to connect to, because sometimes you're not sure if the elevation is higher or lower when you're connecting that other zipline because of the perspective you have. And it's a lot of resources sometimes of spider silk to connect that zipline. And if you mess it up, you only get half resources back or a percentage back. And so sometimes I've made a zipline and be like, oh my gosh, this thing is not a high enough elevation where either I'm going the wrong way on it or the angle isn't steep enough where it's going to take literally minutes to traverse this thing because the speed is not fast enough. So I would like to see an elevation of uh heights in centimeters if you want when you're connecting zip lines and your current one that's that's maybe my biggest thing now is i'm trying to build that network it seems like they're iterating on it 
very so fast that yeah. something something like that might actually come like i'm kind of shocked at how much just basic ui and nuts and bolts stuff they're still doing to it i did see on a grounded reddit that they maybe scrubbed a lot of their roadmap to just kind of put a general uh you know tweaks and maintenance mode mm-hmm. uh, thing up but I, I don't know if that's just typical release stuff and these were the plans we had for release and this is post-release and now we're in maintenance mode or I don't know, but um, I like the game, and they are patching it and, and changing balance stuff a lot. It's they, it's very cool. I need, I need to play more of it, but it seems like a pretty clear top 10 of the year kind of game to me. There There is a significant patch that came out that added 50% durability to ev- basically all your weapons. Huh. Wow. So when you re- went back in the game, all your weapons looked like they were at 50% durability, but it's one of those things where they added 50% more. Huh. Uh, that's that's significant. Like yeah. that's, that's that's a big deal. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't think the durability upkeep was that bad to begin with, but that's eh, kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> uh but, you know, it's it's a, it's a welcome thing, but then they nerfed some other things where, you know, hey, you're going to get into more damage on this or what this badge you? doesn't work the way you thought it would. Uh grounded that's also on uh, Xbox platforms, PC, Game Pass, whole deal. 40, 40 bucks for that one. Let's take another break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about news, a lot of Silent Hill news. So your Silent Hilllings, uh, get ready, Silent Hill heads. Your pyramid heads. Oh, you pyramid heads, get ready. Get some more hill, hill heads. That's, that's right. Run for the hills. We'll be back with some Silent Hills. Either way, we're going to come back soon. See you in a bit. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. That's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this, to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way, I, yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten, I've gotten... Uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom uh, and sometimes occasionally a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because Alex Navarro you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories and each box is valued at around $70 but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER, for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. 
And we are back, and it is time for the news. And we've got the news with a twist of this time. A twist of Navarro. Oh, I just you a twist. like lemon lime or something. No, it's I pure mean, Navarro. I'm drinking a, a lemon lime seltzer, so I guess oh, that, look at that Schwepp. Oh, look at that. Just free. Just throw that one out there free for Schweppes. Uh, yeah, that's, here's the thing. No one would have seen that because this isn't a video podcast. Schweppes. Uh... Alex, you gathered up, gathered up some stories I this gathered. week. Gathered, gathered up some stories. Um, which uh, where do you want to start? We we'll start with Silent Hill. We might as well start with Silent Hill because this happened literally like an hour after we finished recording last time. Um, yes, very, very inconsiderate of them to schedule that stream right after our podcast. The Silent Hill transmission. This oh video gosh. distribution was posted on YouTube ahead mm-hmm. of the actual stream time because Konami's back, baby, and they have oh, not man. learned how to use YouTube. Oh, man, Konami rules. <laughs> no company has ever seemed more put off and, if anything, actively hostile to the idea of having to promote their products to people than Konami. And that has not changed. It's, it's actually become a little endearing to me at this point. Yes, they should never learn. So they, okay, there's a couple of, before we get into the Silent Hillathon, which uh-huh. is like this massive Silent Hill drop, is Konami just back as a game publisher to mm. a degree? P- publisher, sure. Yeah. Okay. But like all of these projects are are mostly farmed out to external developers. Like there has all been right. some loose talk about more Metal Gear coming down the pipes at some point, but even that seems like it would probably be some kind of external team working on it if it happened. Yeah, the rumor mill had also mentioned like Castlevania and Metal Gear projects supposedly in the works. I think okay. what was it? It was like a remake of MGS three in in production at a Chinese studio that was not named was the rumor. Okay. Is that Snake Eater? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So publisher snakes, <laughs> you know. publisher, but not necessarily development. This is all farmed out. But they are presenting themselves now as a video game putting out entity which they did not do really for several years outside of soccer and slot machines and that metal gear survive all right so i am not a huge silent hill person it's not my genre i know about the pyramid head and and the radio static and all that stuff i have played some silent hill you know it's misty over there it's misty it's foggy there was that really that one i really liked that was on a portable system was it vita a psp there probably was one Okay. I saw it on E3. I liked it. Maybe it was on a GameCube. Could have been on a Wii U. I don't know. You have no Probably. idea what you're talking about, do you? I really don't. Okay. I'm not. I'm, yes. It was a different one. It was like called Silent Hill something somethings. Could it, could it have been Shattered Memories on the Wii? That's probably what it was. Okay. That's a Sam, that's a Sam Barlow joint. Yeah. So that, I, th- I like that one. That okay. was pretty far removed from the era they're trying to get back to here. Although it is Bloober team making the Silent Hill 2 remake. Yeah, so that's what they kicked things off with. Uh, That was the one that had been most rumored. What is Bloober team? Is Bloober team involved in Silent Hill? What are they making? What are they doing? Dear God, is is this really happening? And uh, yes, it is. And specifically, Bloober team has been tasked with remaking uh, in modern technology Silent Hill 2. So where are we with Silent Hill 1? It still exists. But not remade. This is no. Like there was re- that HD okay. ver- like collection that uh, was very poorly received. That had one and two in it. Okay, uh, but yeah, I think that that's the last time. I think 360 PS3 era. Yeah, wasn't it? And it was not a good 
remake or like the hd updates so like the, they did not do a good job on that one by all accounts so i think two two is like the fan favorite is my impression right yeah i think there's still definitely a fandom for silent hill one but two is the one i feel like i see cited most often that and okay. three uh okay but it's bloober team it's bloober team it's silent hill two it is uh um is, is bloober team's last thing the medium or they yeah, do something else like I okay. believe that was the last thing they, they might have jammed another layers oh, of fear in there somewhere. But. Yes, I think I think there has been some kind of layers of fear ah. release since then. All right. Also, it's on it's on Unreal Engine five, which it's, you know appears to be the remake engine of choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna I, be I, I, yeah, dude, I, I think it's just the engine of choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we're mm. not that far off from like ninety percent of video games being made on Unreal. The mono engine. Point. It's kind of getting there. The monolith engine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, uh, Lift this PlayStation blog post actually specifically mentions that they're making use of lumen and nanite in ue5 for this which is pretty exciting those are unreal 5 features um yeah nanite is the virtual geometry thing they've got where you just load your high resolution assets straight in there's no level of detail stuff anymore no no low poly anything you just straight up take a your super high res levels and they figure it out and 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 yes, uh, models and they just load right in there. Uh, and Nana, or I'm sorry, Lumen is the global illumination uh, tool. Okay, lighting model, which should be pretty rad for something like this that is very atmospheric. I am reserving any heavy commentary for the people who are much more invested in Silent Hill than I am. But I will just say, yeah. universally, every person I know who likes Silent Hill had the exact same forehead slapping moment of. Well, God damn it, it's Bloober Team when this thing was announced because, I mean, I'll just say for my part, I thought the first Layers Fear was kind of an okay haunted house, fun house thing. Mm-hmm. I did not play any of the other ones. I thought Observer was kind of a neat divergence, if not a wholly successful game, and I think the medium flat out sucks. So mm. I don't know that I have a lot of enthusiasm for them taking on any of this. Yeah, um, it seems like they're doing the heavy lifting here, but I mean, they... They they really go out of their way in this blog post to mention the the Yamaoka and Ito, the composer and director respectively of the original game are like in supervisory roles. I yeah, guess. I think Yamaoka is at least updating some of his music for this. Working closely with the original creators is what this says. So they're at least name dropping like, hey, the people that ran the first one are still here. The ones that are left. Yeah. Uh, so I I I would I'll definitely give it a chance. I think well, the more interesting stuff is the other things that came out of this. Yeah, what what else so what else we got from the Silent Hill drop? So there are two other games. There was a uh there's some sort of like streaming choose your own adventure series thing. <laughs> uh and then before I get to the two other games, I will say they also spent a very long time letting you know that the French guy who made the Silent Hill movie, the one that is reasonably well regarded as video game movies go, is back to make another one. And is it a remake of the Silent Hill movie, or is it like a continuation, or is there... It seems like it is a sequel to the first movie. They did make another Silent Hill movie that had Jon Snow in it, uh, but no one saw it, and it was bad. Uh, (laughs) They just bury that one? So they're kind of burying that one. Christoph Gans, uh, maker of Silent Hill, and also like the the Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is kind of the movie he made his hay with. Uh, He is back... And he spent a long time talking at a camera about all the things he's going to do in this Silent Hill movie, which I'm not sure has even started production yet. Return to Silent Hill. Yes. We're going, we got to go back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, before we move on, Pyramid Head has got some guns in this. I don't know if you saw. 
I mean, he's like, always been pretty muscular. Like, yeah. Well, maybe it's just the it's that high res art, you know. It's like mm-hmm. just the, the true power of nanite. I also <laughs> thought his, it was pyramid heads, bulging biceps have never been more detailed. I did think it was also very funny. They also had some like, hey, do you want to buy some figurine stuff in here? And when they got to the pyramid head part, it's the red pyramid head. And they specifically refer to him as Red Pyramid Thing. And apparently oh. that is that is the Konami canon for what the Red Pyramid Head Thing is. It is that. Red Pyramid Thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, you gotta name all those enemies. But we got two other uh, games here. Uh, one that was had a teaser trailer, but not a lot of detail outside of a little bit of developer interview stuff is uh, <laughs> Silent Hill Townfall. 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 This is going to be your townfall. Your townfall. I don't know what this game is, but it is Annapurna Publishing, and it is no code. The developers of Stories Untold and Ob- Observation. Not observation. Observer. Not observation. Observation. Which I did like, Observation. Yeah, that's the one where you're in the, the space station, um, and you got Oh, the, that one, yes. Yeah, Sam, the AI. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they, like they are making Silent Hill Townfall, and there's not a lot of detail yet on this, except that they are just taking their crack at this. Okay. And the last one here, which I saw people get excited about. I don't know a whole lot about the history here or who, who's involved, but people seem pretty excited about this one. Silent Hill F. Uh, F. Literally the letter F. Uh, lowercase. Uh, so this is a studio. Uh, I want to say it's a Taiwanese studio. Neoboards Entertainment. And it is this writer, Ryukishi07, uh, yes. who is a horror and visual novel writer of some regard. I had never heard of him before, but apparently he's very well liked. Uh, he is writing this story, and that is it is set in 1960s Japan. It is not set in the titular Silent Hill. Yeah, that's a cool setting. I, I The setting is cool, and I guess I guess the author probably lends some credibility or something here the developer made resident evil resistance that multiplayer not the multiplayer resident evil that's about to come out the one the last one that came yes. out a couple of years ago and died rapidly and was not amazing mm. so i was like surprised to hear you say people were excited about this i think it's the ryukishi connection more than anything else yeah yeah the other stuff for neobards i mean the things attributed in the story are Marvel's Avengers that they contributed to. It does say they worked or contributed to Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, which are great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, the Devil May Cry HD collection, Resident Evil Origins collection. So, you know, maybe this is they their, maybe they're going to break out with this one. Yeah. Good for the studio. But that was it. That was that was the Silent Hill transmit. That's a lot. That's a lot of that's a yep. lot to transmit. If you're sure. a Silent Hill fan, boy, you're in luck for a company that wasn't making video games a couple years ago. Seriously. That's a lot of video games. Do they have any kind of timeline on this stuff. I didn't really research each one of these. I think the Hill Two remake seems like the one that is furthest along, but they did not really get into the nitty gritty of when these things are coming out. Also, did we mention that that two remake is not for Xbox at this no, time? No, it is that. not. Okay. That, is, that is PlayStation 5 and PC only. Okay. I'm going to say that Sony probably threw some marketing dollars at this thing. Very possible. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe there's never been a better time to get into Silent Hill, I guess. Mm. I mean, look at all this I'm not, stuff. I'm not sure you can say that. 
Um, Silent Hill. Yeah. New games, remakes. You got it. You got it. It's a movies. It. It's you got it. You got it. You it's got all it. happening. Uh, let's move on to some departures. Alex, yes. what about these uh, Rocksteady departures? So this was just announced today. Uh, so I, I don't know a whole lot about the history of, of Rocksteady games, but I've heard these names before, certainly, in, in conjunction with them. Uh, Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, uh, who I believe were uh, early founders of the studio, are leaving. Yeah, uh, Sefton Hill is absolutely the. Uh, I think he was straight up the director of at least the first couple of Arkham games, if not also Knight. He was definitely like the name that creatively that you always saw yeah. attached to those games. And you know the timing on this is a little bit interesting because again, Suicide Squad is in development, not out yet. Yeah, and that game has kind of had a long wind up, and I'm not really Very long. and they haven't really shown that much of it yet. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I there's nothing in here that indicates that there's anything involving that project that led to them leaving necessarily. But when two co-founders of the of the company leave at the same time, two things go off in my head. One, maybe there was something there, some kind of static in terms of like their roles and what was being done with this game. Two, I'm almost assuredly certain that they're probably going to go start their own thing somewhere else. Mm. Very possible. When did they get acquired by WB? That has been at least 10 years, I think. Maybe a little less. Hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. And they have not put out a great many games in that time. I'm trying to find that information. Probably probably way too long for this to be some contractual thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's benign and people just move on. Could be. And they're like, are you leaving? I'm leaving. Maybe the work they needed to do on on Suicide Squad was pretty much done at that point. They were already thinking of leaving. I don't know. They've got a big old um, PR press release. They're very complimentary of the two Mm -hmm. on their way out. Like, it's, you know, it's not a quiet exit. It is like a, hey, we wrote a big letter and, Mm -hmm. you know, here are people from the company talking about how great it was to work with them. So, Oh, oh yeah, they got bought in 2010. So that definitely has nothing to do with this. I mean, unless unless that's a really long contract, mm-hmm. uh, I would yeah. not sign a twelve year contract personally. <laughs> it's super. It's very long. Uh, so yeah, best of luck to everybody involved, and we'll see what happens there. Looking forward to seeing whatever they start. <laughs> that is speculation. It's but, pure uh, speculation. It's pure speculation, but not. But let's just say, yeah, it seems yeah. not unlikely. Man, God, I loved that first Arkham game in particular. To a lesser extent, the other two from that studio, so goddamn good. Like, Suicide Squad is not necessarily what I would have chosen for the next game from Rocksteady. Yeah, but, you know, like, at least what they've showed of it, what little they have showed, like, at least it seemed like it had some pep to it. Like, there was some some good energy there in similar, but in less annoying and promotional materials than, say, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, though it seemed to be kind of going for a similar thing. Uh, Let's move on here to some Witcher news. This is, um... Speaking of UE5... is remakes. This is a wild one, so... Is it, though? I kind of so the original Witcher is extremely different than Witcher Two and Witcher Three so much so that the original Witcher had an enhanced edition that actually added a bunch of other features to it to make it more playable in the in the time of the Witcher One or mm-hmm. around the time of the Witcher One was that was that one or two 
It was one. Uh, one? I know I know two got an enhanced edition. I guess like, oh, one, oh, they, one got actual like gameplay um changes to it. Oh, was that the one where they gave it a third person camera? Yeah, it was it was over like an overhead or something. Yeah, I can't remember. The original original Witcher has its roots in like overhead CRPG of the nineties type Very stuff. Very much right? so, yes. A lot they, they had stance changes in the in the original Witcher. It plays very much like yes, like a more like a, a CRPG uh I mean it's an action game, but yeah, it was it, you know, it played with a mouse in the keyboard. And, yeah, you know. I, I, this makes sense to me because, like, I remember The Witcher first coming out and it was just like this weird niche RPG for people who had read the novels yeah. in the original Polish, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it was not a mainstream thing. And then Witcher 3 very much became the mainstream thing. So, like, if I were them, like, this makes perfect sense, you know, of like, hey, we've got this we've got these whole ass other Witcher games that millions of people have never played. What if we just made those up like that one they did play? I assume there's I a lot wonder. of sex in there also, right? Oh, uh, the, like the Witcher one had, uh, had the cards. I don't know if that you guys remember oh, the I whole thing with cards, the cards. Yeah. I, yeah, saw, cards. I saw people talking about sex cards on Twitter in the yeah. wake of this announcement. So I, I mean, I'm always talking about sex cards. So. Yes. And anyway, like it just seems like all the ingredients are there for them to be able to like sell a remake of one to all the people who played three as their first Witcher. <laughs> Yeah, but there's some, I, I can't remember what exactly changed between the Witcher one and when they redid it. It might have been direct control with a, a or better controller support too. That's how different those games are, and it's I think I'm probably not alone in that. Those things make the Witcher one very unique in a, in an interesting tactical way that maybe some of the Witcher two or Witcher three lost a little bit later on. So I'll be curious if they even touch that stuff. Yeah, in, ter- good- in terms of um, trying to bring it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, do they just map the story of one onto the gameplay model of three, or do they actually try to retain some of that tactical stuff? I don't know. It it was interesting. You know, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's it's a good game. It's like really good. Um, I I, I really enjoyed it, and the story is is also good. In it. We'll see. So this is being uh, worked on by. F- is it fool's errand fool's I theory think that's yeah. fool's fool's theory which is apparently some ex witcher people and i think brad before the podcast you mentioned that had been known during that like weird day of cd project announcement yeah, like the earnings call type stuff this is the canis is majoris canis majoris yes so I, I look forward to seeing what they do with this i mean Though, if anything this is the witcher game that feels like it probably needs this treatment the most right Oh my gosh. I mean, or not. That's that's the thing I'm curious about. Or it's the most different. So if you're looking to bring it in line with two and three, yes. But if you want to keep this thing different, then no. I, I don't know. We'll I mean, let me put it this way. I bounced off the Witcher 1 so hard, I didn't even play the Witcher 2. <laughs> yeah, Witcher 1 is very different. And I think the barrier to entry on Witcher 1 is um, it's a it's a hard threshold to cross, I, I think. I think. But uh, we'll see. I, I know a lot of people are going to be very passionate about those changes to if they change stuff in Witcher 1. So we, the, out of all the news this week, that was the one that kind of caught me the most of like, whoa, whoa, you're going to try this, huh? Good luck. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you. And again, like you said, Unreal 5. So add some, you. Add some nanites. Get in there. Uh, well, are we done with the remake news? Uh, Kind of. <laughs> In the sense that the, we're done with remakes that are getting made. Okay. We're not done with remakes that aren't getting made. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, one of the things that I've seen cropped up a bunch uh, in the wake of the RE2 and 3 remakes, uh, which are extremely well regarded, uh, is what if they did a Code Veronica remake? What if they did it? People have been asking for a Code Veronica remake. Whenever Code Veronica is not on screen, people should be asking, where's Code Veronica? And it's not always saying this. I I would have absolutely, if you gave me the choice, I would have absolutely taken a Code Veronica remake over the RE4 remake. Which mm. does look good and everything, but I, it, yeah, I it, yeah. It looks fine. I've just, I've said it a bunch of times, like RE4, original RE4 still holds up, you know, like, in terms of, like, Code Veronica, not so much. Mm-hmm. In terms of games that need a remake to be valid in 2020, whatever we're in. Yeah. Now, uh, like, Code Veronica does not hold up in the way that RE4 definitely still does. And so this this is a Dreamcast game that eventually came to other platforms, um, but it is a game that takes place between the events of two and three. It's kind of a side story, but it is very much in that vein of those games. Yeah, and it has its fans. You know, like I don't think it is as well regarded as some of the other mainline Resident Evil games, but there are people that really like it. And unfortunately, it does not sound like Capcom is currently planning on doing any kind of remake treatment for that one. Uh, The producer, Yoshiaki Hirabayashi, said that there are, as of this moment, no concrete plans to make Code Veronica in the current remake engine. I I remember a fair amount of kind of of turn-of-the-century era cheese in that game. Yeah. For sure. What little I remember of it. I can't remember the name of the sidekick who you can see in this key art from the game, the guy with the leonardo dicaprio hair oh yeah but but it is very much a post i don't know post matrix era kind of just like lots of backflips and gunplay and attitude i don't think i ever played it yeah it's i remember being okay it's it's, i i have fond memories of it i'm not saying it's good Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it's got chris and claire redfield in it i mean it's a full-on resident evil game in fact it was the first fully 3d one uh but yeah, it's it's a little cheesy. All I remember is the gigantic moth or butterfly boss from that game. Anyway, well, I don't believe anything they say, and I look forward to a Code Veronica remake in the so near future. Happen. I feel like that will happen before they get to five. Mm. Uh, didn't that come out? Oh God! If they remake five, they have fucked up big time. Like I look, I am I am a five apologist, but five is a just- modern game. They should yes, they should just leave that game. It's not as modern as you think it is. Go look up when Uh, Resident Evil Five came out. Didn't didn't Code Veronica come out for 360 or eventually? Uh, yes, it came out for other platforms. Yeah, yeah. Like I think you can go. I wonder if that's backwards compatible. You might be able to play that right now. Resident Mm -hmm. Evil Five is 13 years old. That just needs a some polish. That just needs an update. That's like an HD Resident Evil Five HD. That's all you need. Yeah, Code Code Veronica X runs on a Series X and S. Oh, it's, and it's available. Like you for, could, could you buy it for four dollars? Okay. It's for, and for the next five days, you could get that game for four dollars and play it on. All right. An Xbox, a modern Xbox. All right. Good to know. Just putting it out there. I'm down. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but good to know. Uh, Alex, let's keep on moving down here with the news this from is a for game. You, Vinny. Okay. Well, this one's purely for you. Speaking of never believing anything, what is this news about Kerbal Two? Uh, there will be a release of Kerbal 2 early next year, February nope. 24th, 2023. It will Lies. be coming to early access. I will not believe it until that game is actually downloadable. I'll tell you right now, I believe this far more than I would believe any real release date. 
How many times has this thing been pushed? Like at least four or five times. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see. I listen. I'm looking forward to see what they want to do here. I'm looking forward to see how they bring this game forward. How I've I've looked over some of the notes and the bullet points on it, and it sounds neat. The multiplayer stuff sounds neat. Them at least saying they are going to keep the modding stuff in is a is a good move, and we'll see how that all works out on. Everything and one of their bullet points says interstellar travel, and that is neat. So all of that stuff sounds good to me. Early access, sure. You'll at least try it out in early access. Hell yeah, I will. I mean, and listen, if this thing is going to be in development forever, you might as well, right? Yeah, might as well put it into early access. And I mean, that game, that original game, was so shaped by the community that like cropped up around it while it was in development that I feel like this is kind of natural, a natural fit. Yeah. I, I wonder. So with this one coming out on different storefronts, my, I wonder if they will just have an internal mod system and not like a steam workshop support, uh, because it's going to be in different marketplaces. And I don't think you want to split that mod community. The, The mods are such a huge part of this thing. I don't even think Epic Game Store has a Steam yeah, I don't, equivalent, I don't think, right? Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of infrastructure on Epic for, for mods that I know of. So I, I suspect it'll just be internal and you know, you'll know you have to upload stuff into the thing. But it sounds neat and the multiplayer stuff in it is a welcome uh, addition. I, I think that'll be cool to check out. I, I'm curious to see how that all works out in the ship construction in the multiplayer because that could be extremely frustrating if you're trying to build ships with three other people, let's say, and you're people are putting stuff on weird parts on the ship but curious maybe you build your own ships how fun would that be each build your own ship and go i mean why not why not space race baby i liked the original kerbal yeah it was it was i've heard yeah it was a neat game um that game's never coming out it's supposed to come to consoles too right i think so not probably this the early access release obviously won't be but yes okay all right uh like i said when it's downloadable i will believe it we're gonna wrap up here well no with, i mean uh, yeah with uh, still one some, more thing yeah with our everyone's favorite um i don't want i, I don't want to use the kojima this. watch 22 <laughs> continues <laughs> what is what is kojima up to what stars has kojima captured today okay. Before I get to that part, I just want to say there is a pretty good interview with him uh, in The Guardian as of today, uh, conducted by Simon Parkin, uh, where he talks all about a lot of stuff, including, you know, some stuff about his childhood. He talks about the fucking bullshit that happened last year with the the far right politics or when when Abe was assassinated, people like spreading his photo around saying he was the assassin and all that bullshit. Uh, He kind of touches on a lot of that stuff. But he also talks a little about his new game, and in Grand Ch- Kojima fashion, he is speaking in the highest possible terms about what he is doing, describing this new game as it's almost like a new medium. If this succeeds, it'll turn things around, not just in the game industry, but in the movie industry as well. World peace, you know, everything is sure <laughs> to follow. It's, it's him speaking in grandiosity the way that I expect Hideo Kojima to speak. You know... We don't have a lot of these left in the gaming world. The kind of Peter Molyneux, the the people who are out there speaking a big game. The carnies. 
The old school carnies. I guess so. Because a lot of, I think a lot of them have fallen, like made big promises and gave them elements super hard and, and couldn't deliver. Say what you will about Kojima. I think there's still a, there's enough vision there to make the stuff he says interesting. And whether you like it or not is kind of irrelevant. It's out there delivering on the nonsense. I mean, the thing that that interview gets into a little bit is that he is very good, I think, at predicting, you know, technological and sociological trends and kind of transposing those into his games. Where I have a little more of an issue with him is with the actual storytelling that he does. (laughs) But the guy has vision. I mean, no one can deny that. It's passion and creativity and vision in ways that I at least am happy to have in the in the. um, Yeah. I don't want him to stop. Even if I don't love everything he makes, I don't want him to stop. I'm always curious about what the next thing happening is. Yeah. Uh, So what what are the nonsense we're talking about? Well, the other side of that is we we joked the last time we talked about Kojima about him uh, bringing in uh, uh, L. Fanning son uh, to get scanned and putting her in presumably as the lead in his next game. And then like a handful of days later, he tweeted out. Director S.S. Rajamuli, who, if you don't know him, he is the director of uh, RRR, the extremely successful in the West Bollywood movie from this year that everybody fell in love with. Um, And so he came into the studio and he's like, Director S.S. Rajamuli visited Kojima Productions. We have scanned him. (laughs) And they posted photos of him being scanned by their their not the same crazy rig but one of their uh. camera rigs. And I have come to a realization looking at this and looking at the way that he has been applying famous people into his games over the last several years. I think Hideo Kojima is just collecting famous people <laughs> like they're Pokémon. <laughs> scan everyone, got to scan them all. I do. I like legitimately he seems to be approaching this from a collector's perspective of if I can get a famous person in here and I can scan them, they're mine. What What is RRR in this tweet? RRR is the movie that he made. Oh, okay. That was the extremely successful uh, Bollywood movie that came out this year. Got it. He just he just randomly throws that in there without any context at all. I, at this point, it, like it was one of the biggest movies of this year, like worldwide. So it like I think that reads to most people. What is the three fire emojis, three rocket ships, one thumbs up, and a tiger emoji mean? Uh, the tiger is there is a significant tiger bit in RRR, from what I know. Okay. So that probably has something to do with it. Uh, I have not seen RR yet because I did not want to go to a movie theater. Okay. Uh, but I have heard that movie is a hoot. Okay. Fun. A lot yeah. of song and dance. Yeah. But again, well, I, there's definitely some singing and dancing, but it is also very much an action movie and it apparently kicks ass. So, okay. but so anyway, the, my, my point here is that I think we have finally gotten to the bottom of why Hideo Kojima keeps scanning these famous people. And now that I'm realizing that Jeff Keighley is basically his famous people pusher. <laughs> I can get you this. I can get you this famous person. <laughs> I can get you this. First, first one. Come free. to my board show. Tell me about yeah. your podcast. Oh, I can get you. And I'll get you. I will get you Jordan Peele for your podcast. How <laughs> good. You could scan him. You could yeah. scan him. <clears throat> He'll be scanned. I got, I got some of that prime shit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, who do you want to scan? I need another scan. Who do you want? Who do you want? Uh, I think he does it for this response to this tweet, and this is exactly why he does it. This response that says, oh, my God, 
Great to see two legends working together. Mm -hmm. I think that's why he does it. Mm -hmm. Because he is now, through the uh, associative property, is now brought up into the two legends. You know, working together, finally. Uh Here we are. Yeah. And he's definitely not making full 3D scans of these people and laying them around his house. It's making little 3D printed models of them. Like, I'm going to write a horror movie about this because there is a premise here of a guy going around collecting famous people and then keeping them for himself. What if he is transferring their souls in in the process? Yes. Uh, The transference is happening. He wasn't joking around. This is actually happening. He's got them stored. Mm -hmm. The menagerie. (laughs) It's his menagerie of famous people. They live uh, in his little digital world, and he gets to play with them however he wants. I think Kojima is a legend. I'll, I'll give him in that. video games, absolutely, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I would, sure. I would apply that term to him. Absolutely, yeah, I think it's fair. Gr- grudgingly. Yes, I, nah, I think he's earned it. I think he's he's taken enough risks and delivered on it and survived the risks that I think he's earned it. He's too interesting to not be that. Yeah, a lot of people took those risks and just could couldn't couldn't, couldn't the- pivot. Yeah. yeah, some of those people took those risks and and got out, and now they're making NFT games. Sorry, we're yeah. right. Oh, I didn't want to put that story on here because I don't care about <laughs> NFT shit anymore. No one else does, but apparently that's what Will Wright is doing now. No, <sighs> where's American? Squander McGee? that legendary status. Where's well, who are the other people who had their names on? Where's American McGee? Oh, where's, you mean the new game gods? Yes. Where are the new much game just go, gods? Just go pull that PC gamer issue from 2000 or whatever it was. <laughs> who was that? It was Cliff. It was Cliffy B, American McGee, I think Stevie Case, mm-hmm. somebody else on that cover. Well, we know what happened to Cliff. I think American McGee fucked off to Asia and was making some stuff, but I don't know if it ever really. Yeah, I mean, he was he was doing some new Alice games and stuff like that. I don't know what he's up to now, actually. Yeah. The last time I really checked in with him, he was making that Scrapland game, and that's really, right. I, that was like 2005. Oh, wow. Was it American McGee's Yes, it Scrapland? was. Um. Who else? What, who are the game gods? I don't think what? any. I, there are no gods in video games. Only men. I need to know. Uh, Alex Garden. Yes, right. Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, Ken Levine was a game god. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, squandering his status. Uh, you said Stevie Case. Uh, is Will Wright? Will Wright is a game god? Is Will Wright not in the trench coat, though? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, is Sid Meier in there, maybe? Brad McQuaid. I feel like Sid Meier has it the most figured out of any of those guys, because he just gets to go to work every day, gets to put his name on all the games, he can do some creative direction, but he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Sid he just the games he wants to make. I think he still writes code, as far as I know. Like, he's yeah. still in there doing it. I, that's the thing. I think he just does the stuff he likes doing. Yeah. Sid Meier is an original god, along with Will Wright. Sorry. Yes, yes. he's one of the old gods. Yeah, he's an old guy. With Gabe Newell. <laughs> Elder. He's an elder god. Um, I don't. Who's Robin Walker? Robin Walker, designer of Team uh, Fortress. Team Fortress guy. Okay, that's right. Uh, Ed Valve, Del Valve, Castillo. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Um, Liquid. God, Entertainment? don't tell me it's on the. Oh, it's going to kill me. Uh, Liquid. Yes, right. Liquid Entertainment. So that's Battle man. Realms. Oh wow. Uh, okay. I forget what he did. Oh, he he worked at Origin and Westwood before that. So like. I guess, I mean, I guess for, for that matter, Lord British is uh, perhaps the original game god. Uh, let's see, who do they have as the original Lord game? is right there in his name. The original game gods they have in this are 
Will Wright, Warren Spector, Peter Molyneux, um, Sid Meier, and Gabe Newell. That's that's who they have is there. Well, I look forward to the next game where Kratos tears ass through all of them. <laughs> I'm the new guy. I'm the new guy. I should have been a god. <laughs> I am the god. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for the news. Uh, start your start your Las Vegas betting pool of who Kojima scans next. Um, mm-hmm. Who is who is the who next will to be, be scanned? scanned? Who's who's got? All right, Alex, you know you know Hollywood. Who has the lowest? Uh, who's got the lowest return? Who's the easiest? He's not one? getting Tom Cruise anytime soon. Okay, so that's the highest one, right? That that's like yeah. the that's the big payoff. Who is the lowest payoff on the Las Vegas uh, Kojima scanning board? <sighs> I'm trying to think of someone who has like been in a Del Toro movie that isn't particularly <laughs> noteworthy, because he's definitely going for people who are his friends or he thinks are like interesting mm. filmmaker type people. Okay, how about uh, how about David Harbor, the the more recent Hellboy? But so not the Del Toro Hellboy, the other Hellboy. Yes, right. Okay, like you're you're looking for like uh, whatever. I shouldn't call him. And also ran, but I don't. I don't think that newer Hellboy really did much, did it? No, it did not do well. And I think Harbor has found a nice little niche for himself uh, in more supporting roles. Yes, that's that's the thing. I don't think he's necessarily much of a leading man. I don't know. You tell me. He's a very enjoyable actor, but yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah, think I don't Ronald. think he's quite there yet. He's yeah. not Ron Perlman yet. Yes. Who is the guy with the dogs that loves the dogs that was in that Ghost Recon game and was in Walking John Dead? Bernthal. John Bernthal. He's already odds. been scanned. Wait, by Kojima? Not by Kojima, but oh. I'm sure he could just call someone at Ubisoft and be like, can I have the scan? I feel like you'd see him in the booth. I feel like he's like in the games enough and like of that caliber of like, seems like a cool dude. He's very gettable. Gettable, yes. I feel like that's a low return on the Las Vegas bo- uh, yeah. board. Yeah, that's, that's, that's literally your like 1 to 1. 1.1 odds. <laughs> yeah, it's a safe bet. You get a, you get a 20 cent payout on a dollar bet. <laughs> and a coupon to the bar or yeah. something. All right, that's going to do it for the news. Um, emails, uh, we'll pick up emails next time yeah, or in the future. I don't, I, don't, I don't think my voice is going to make it through. Yeah, any yeah emails. Fair. fair enough. If you want to send in emails, you can send them into podcast at nextlander.com. Podcast at nextlander.com. That is going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank everybody for supporting us. Going over to patreon.com slash nextlander. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on, and you can catch the Watchcast over there. If you want to hear about They Live, that is currently up on the patron feed for uh, this week. Next week, we will have, uh, is it Halloween next week? Yes, it's Halloween next week, and it's Halloween next week. Yeah. Yeah. What a theme. What a theme. What a theme. You'll hear us talk about the theme, I suspect. We haven't recorded that one yet, but I suspect some themage will come up. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out over on the if you want to join on the Patreon, or you can get that over uh just a week later if you want to just get it on your regular non-Patreon RSS feed. Uh never been a better podcast. We just recorded the one for November. That one goes places. That was last night's one. If you want to learn all about Austin Walker's uh quoting theories of the universe from who was it? Was it Alan Moore? There was yes, it was Alan Moore who was giving those theories. Yes. <laughs> Tried to explain to us about the jello <laughs> jello block of the universe. That'll be on Never Been a Better Podcast coming up in uh November. So Thanks again to everybody signing up over on patreon.com slash nextlander. We love to have you. 
Love to have you. Find a tier that fits right for you. Couldn't do it without your support. You make it all possible. Of course, there is one tier there that gets their names read on this here show, and that is the Mysterious Benefactors tier. And I am going to read those Mysterious Benefactors for this week right now, starting with Alex's heebie-jeebies of unknown size, John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's giant booga-boogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's midsize hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, hashtag bunny slimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Raz Grizz, Too Fast, Too Furious, Brian Murphy, Terror and Agony Arg, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are the Mysterious Benefactors for this week. If you missed it, you'll want to go check out some Elden Ring playing from Monday. Are we done with Elden Ring? Have we have we finished and gotten a platinum in Elden Ring? Have I been able to put down the Elden Ring? You'll have to tune no. in. <laughs> you'll have to tune in to find out why uh uh for that. Uh, Coming up this Friday, we have a patron's choice stream. That means a poll will be going up soon. Use your power responsibly and vote only for the best content. That's that only only for the best content. That poll will be up soon. So check that out and vote for this Friday. And then Thursday, come circle back around for another grab bag of video games. There is stuff to be played we will play it. You'll want to tune in to check that out. Like I said, Watchcast, Ramblecast, also out there. And you're listening to the Next Lander Podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Plenty of video games out there to play. Plenty of stuff to check out and listen to and watch from the Next Lander universe. Thank you very much, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brad Shoemaker. I hope you feel better. Thank you. Get some rest. Thank you. Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week. See ya.